So you're listening to the Four Sides Podcast. And don't forget to tell all your little baby dork-ass friends to listen to the Four Sides Podcast too. Otherwise, Warhorse is going to rule your ass. gentlemen welcome to another episode of the four sides podcast i'm your host caleb carter we've got the fifth side of four sides noah hudson here what's up guys and today 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 we've got maybe one of our most anticipated episodes yet oh yet yeah had a little trouble getting that out oh thank you you know i'm still i don't think i'm a rookie anymore i think we had our one year anniversary the other day so hooray Anyways, enough about us. We got Mr. 100 Shannon Young here from Podzilla 1985. How you doing, man? It's horse time. It is yeah. horse time here on the Four Sides <laughs> Podcast. Had to get that one out of the way. I'm uh, I'm doing terrible. This has been one of the worst weeks of my life. Uh, 2021 is already shaping up to be the second worst year of my life. 2020 the sequel. Yeah. Uh, like 2020 Lord. remastered. God really sticks it in and breaks it off when he wants to. Right. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it seems like God doesn't want certain podcasts to happen because, of course, we had, uh, we were supposed to do this Saturday, but, you know, life happens. Yeah. That's understandable. Yes. Yeah. I had, uh, again, you know, I don't want to depress your listeners because they didn't tune in to hear me get depressed and they want to hear the funny haha. But uh, Saturday was a particularly difficult day for me. Lost some, uh, lost someone who was basically family to me. Um, and it was really, really hard. And unfortunately, I had to cancel. And I felt bad about that because I was looking forward to this. I don't feel nah, glad don't we could reschedule, and we're here now, and uh, we're gonna have a good time or a terrible time. You never know with these hey. things. Or we'll have a horse time. It's always horse time. It, it is, is always horse time. What a stupid show that is. Like you know, I, I don't understand. I do the Podzilla 1985, obviously cheap plug, and every time we do a show, I always message the group and I'm like, this is the worst show. <laughs> Like we've ever done, and then it gets amazing ratings, and I think, what is wrong with my listeners? Anyway, so <laughs> good my, way to start. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question usually is what gets what got you into wrestling, but I think this time we're going to change it up a little bit because I need to know. Yeah, where did Horse Time come from? Horse Time itself was actually Asa Gray, who you know does uh, is now the host of Pro Wrestling Unscripted. Which when is this going to air exactly? Uh, I'm gonna try to get this because I don't really I don't think I told anybody about us not recording so on Saturday and also I think I'm gonna stay up late tonight edit this and get it out. Okay, so tonight actually I forget it's Wednesday they're bringing back Pro Wrestling Unscripted after a couple of months and Asa who is the host of it we were doing a show it was me and him and Dalton and Hunter and uh, we were talking about oh what was it it was something about horses. And he did it in the Sasha Banks, Michael Cole, you know, the boss time. It's horse time. And we just thought that was so funny that we, I took it and I ran with it. And now horse time is one of our most beloved shows. And it's a show about nothing. It's absolutely <laughs> worthless, no entertainment value. But people like it. So whenever I looked, I actually Googled horse time the first time you guys said this. And what I got, what I got was actually this therapy thing where, like, people go to 
like they rent a horse or something for like emotional support. Like a horse therapy. Uh, yeah, like horse, horse therapy. So yeah. that's what I kind of thought you guys were. It is talking absolutely about. not that. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, gonna go out to the farm, just have some horse time with real life horses. Go hang out with the horses. <laughs> hey, they say horses are actually pretty good emotional support animals. So. I've I think I've only seen like one actual horse in my life, and we got along okay. <laughs> no, no complaints. I've never had any major encounters with horses, but I mean, I grew up in the country, obviously, so I've seen my fair share of horses. They tried to make me ride a horse once, so I was like seven. Scary as shit. I'm always waiting for the one, I'm waiting for the, the ultimate girl, the one that like, you go to her house and here are all the pictures of her when she was younger riding, doing horse riding and stuff like that. That's like the stereotypical fall in love girl is the one that always did horseback riding, so that's uh, I think that's what we should all strive for. If you haven't ridden a horse, I don't have time for you. I'm gonna be honest. I'm too big to ride a horse. Just gonna throw it out there. So horses, to... hey, horses are strong. Shannon has a point. You just need a strong horse. Are they 330 pounds strong? Uh, I'm assuming so. I mean, uh, I'm not too familiar with horses. I don't have my horse license yet. Not in Missouri. Not not you don't have your Missouri horse license. Not yet. No, I'm working on it. Working on that. Yeah. All right, Shannon. So, what got you into wrestling? What got you in this crazy, crazy world? Now, are you asking what got me into working in wrestling, or what got me into wrestling in general? Ah, we'll do in general, and then kind of what got you into little the little column A, little column yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what got me into wrestling? I grew up in a little town in Illinois called Mount City, Illinois, and I don't know if you're familiar with Mount City, Illinois. Not a lot to do. And I remember my earliest memories of wrestling are my dad watched it. And I kind of got hooked on it from there. And we, we used to go to, there was a little local um, video store in Cairo, Illinois. And we would rent the old Coliseum WWF videos. Anyone, so, you, so you guys kind of grew up around Cairo. Yes. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Cairo, I mean, uh. it's. Uh, <laughs> we've done shows talking about the history of Cairo and how bad it is and how that place is just cursed but they did yeah. have a cool video shop and uh, yeah used to rent coliseum all the time i was so in love and this is where me and axe all were you know axe from stride obviously oh, yeah big x uh this is where me and axe really connect because we don't connect on a lot of things but our love of the 80s because i'm an 80s kid um growing up watching guys like hulk hogan and the macho man and you know those classic characters just that drew me in just the the pageantry and the theatrics of it all the wrestling wasn't always great but as a kid, you didn't really care about the wrestling. Wrestling was second to the characters. So I fell in love with the characters, and I just followed it. I mean, I think wrestling, for a lot of people, it just clicks or it doesn't. Yeah. I've shown people wrestling, and they just can't get into it. And they think it's the dumbest thing ever. I've shown people wrestling, and they immediately get drawn to it, and they love it. So I just fell in love with it. It's a, it's a living comic book. Yeah. With really bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I hate wrestling. Insane. <laughs> Now, what got me to work in wrestling is, I think, more interesting. Uh, obviously, CCW. And I think, you know, this is my third non-Podzilla podcast that I've been on. I did Big Lee's World. Plug. Shout out to Big Lee's Shout World. Yeah. Big Lee. And then I did My One, Two, Three Cents with Kevin Huntsberger. Shout out to Kevin. Oh, yes. Um, and I think I've told this story on, the, on those shows, but I have the memory of a goldfish. So I'll, I'll do it once again for your listeners. But um, my good friend, Hunter Hendricks, Double H, he was the DJ over at Real Rock on a 99.3, I think yeah. is what it was. Yes. And he had fi the fix, you know, Double H. And me and him go back to the GameStop years. We both worked at GameStop, and we stayed friends over, over that time period. 
Well, when CCW started up, I didn't know anybody from CCW other than Osby Tomlin, who's mm-hmm. been a friend from, of mine for years. And uh, Hunter got called in to do the GM for it, special GM for the first show. And not only that, but at the same time, Osby was going to have a wrestling match there, which ended up being his retirement. Um, so he wanted me to come. I didn't really want to go because I'd never been to an indie show before. I, I'm not an indie wrestling fan in general. Sometimes I'm not even a wrestling fan in general. Again, I can't stress that enough. Uh, but I went and really, it was me and uh, Tanner from the show and Allie, formerly from the show, and really fell in love with it. I think the first wrestler I ever fell in love with was Sarge O'Reilly, uh, Sexy Sarge. He, I literally went on intermission and told him how amazing he was. He was just hilarious. Um, Billy Hills is the first time I met him, and I thought, oh, good, redneck gimmick. That's original. Of course, Billy and I would go on to become good friends later on, which is <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, so fell in love with it then. I've never missed a show. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that can say they've never missed a CCW show, ever. Um, just started going to it. Of course, we had the Podzilla podcast, and once we started working with CCW, I decided to do a preview for one of the shows. We had a bunch of the wrestlers do segments for it, and whenever they started doing their TV show, Jason asked me if I would do commentary for it, and you know the whole group. And we were like, of course, you know, we, of course we do. We'd love to do that. So from there, we started doing commentary for it. Once we started doing commentary. They needed a new announcer, a ring announcer. They asked me if I would cover one of the shows. It was the Chaffee show a couple years ago. And I said, sure. So I did that. Everybody said, oh, you did an amazing job. Austin Lane called me like the next day. I was like, dude, you know, you're you're really good. You're good at commentary, but you were made for ring announcing. And I said, okay, why not? This sounds fun. Uh, from ring announcer, we got into a whole skerfuffle with uh, one of the owners from CCW, as you well remember. <laughs> and I'll bring that. I mentioned that because I have a story for that. Um, where he and I got into it online, it was pretty vicious, and a lot of fans turned on me, like, legitimately, to the point that I, I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know this until later, but it was the show where I turned heel, and Austin and I, we do our thing, Austin's laid everybody out, I'm on the mic, I'm tearing people apart. One dude, Mr. Pink, he's like knocking the the rail to the oh, side trying to get to this. me. There's this old man trying to get at me and fight me. And as I'm walking back up the rail, I remember Noah walked up to oh me. Oh my god. And, and like threatened to fight me. And like I Dude, I was ready to brawl. I couldn't tell if you were serious <laughs> or not. So I'm like looking at Noah and I'm like I laughed because, you know, I'm trying to portray the <laughs> And I didn't know that Caleb, who uh, we and I were not on good terms at the time, had walked up and, like, threatened me. I didn't know that. So I walked through the back, and it wasn't until later they told me, like, you know Caleb was up there too, right? Like, what are you talking about? So I went back and watched the footage, and sure enough, here's a dude in the hood walking up to me. Like, he's going to assassinate me. Um, <laughs> but from that... You know, I did the heel manager thing, and that was a lot of fun, and uh, finally started wrestling. That's not fun, because that hurts. For all of you that are like, oh, I can't wait to wrestle, even basic things in wrestling hurt. I don't think you understand that until you get in the ring and take the bumps. Uh, And yeah, it just progressed from there. In four years, I think I've gone from fan to management, like company management, and I'm very proud of what I've done. But yeah, it all started with uh, Hunter and Osby saying, hey, come to the show and watch us. And I said, sure, and fell in love with it. Yep, that's a long way to go, and where are we at, four or five years now? Five years later, and even though most things in my life have fallen apart, CCW is still good, so. Yep, just remember what's what's there for you at the end of the day, you know? Yes. And I kind of like to go back to that story that you told just a second ago. Yeah, yeah. So that was was also kind of a... 
tough time in my life too because I was kind of I was with a girlfriend that I was unhappy with and of course you know the everybody pretty much knows the connection I had to said owner that you right. referred to and uh well I have I just want to mention I think we're all on good terms with them we are yeah, we yeah are. I just want to mention that yeah we are we're we're all on good terms now but you know there was a time where we wasn't and this was actually I think this was actually kind of before I got more involved with CCW. Yeah. I was kind of still a fan, and I didn't really... I guess I didn't really understand everything that went on, but just... I understood what I was told. It was still real to you. It was real to me, damn damn it. it. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Real to me, damn it. Yeah. So, I don't... I don't remember exactly why I decided to hide myself that night. I think it was just mostly in, like... Well, I think this was your show back. Because you had taken a couple shows off. You weren't going to appear on the show anymore. I don't know if it was because of me specifically or what, but I remember you saying you were done with CCW, and then you came to this show because I didn't think you were going to be there. I didn't so, know you were there. So, okay, I remember now. So what yeah. happened was, like, so I got I got my little stepsister into wrestling, and... I know she really wanted to go to this show, and I knew that if I wasn't going to go, then I she wasn't going to be able to go. So mm. um, I decided that this would be my last show, and I basically I basically just put a hood on because I just didn't want to be seen or acknowledged by anybody. And um, actually, during intermission, um, I want to share that uh, I went outside, and Gary Mungle... Shout out to Gary Mungle. He know he good know man. yeah he's a good man. He's a good guy to go and talk to. Um, yeah, he saw me and basically was like, you know, you don't have to hide yourself. We know it's you, and you don't have to feel ashamed to be here because we all care about you. And I'll be honest, that brought me to tears. And I had no ill will toward you. I I, I don't have ill will toward anybody. I I know uh, there's still. Uh, there's still some people that absolutely despise me, and you know that's that's fine. Right. Yeah. I think it's just tensions were really high. They were. There was a time where I, I didn't know what CCW was going to do because, you know, every everybody kind of picks sides, and I, I lost some people that I thought were friends or at least you know acquaintances, well wishers during all this time period. Um, I'm pretty much on good terms with all of them now. But now I've pissed everybody off in a different way. I'm losing friends left and right because of my political views, which I guess is fine, too. Mm. Whatever. You eventually get to a point in your life and your career where you kind of stop caring what people think about you. Yeah. Um, I'm sad it took me so long to get that way because, you know, it used to be that I would ask permission to do everything, and I was always afraid of the consequences. And now I pretty much just do whatever, <laughs> and everyone goes along with it because why not? Who cares? Yeah. It's horse time. It's horse time. It's yeah. horse time. You can always just say that when things get awkward. <laughs> we'll remember that. So referring back to the incident, um, and as you said, you didn't know what, what the fate of CCW was. Uh, during that time, you know, I still didn't truly understand the full, I guess, analytics of wrestling and the whole the background to it. And my dad had had the major stroke in 2017 in August, and August 17 was my first show. That's how I kind of found CCW was randomly scrolling somebody shared it on Facebook I was like man this might be a good escape from everything that's going on yeah it's a good thing about wrestling and so I went fell in love with it instantly I think that was the night it was Hollis and Austin in the main event that's, I, that's the only match I remember from that event 
And then it was the, I, I remember that event. I remember the scene clips when you and Austin walking. And I just wasn't in a good spot. And I just, I don't know. Something just made me break down about that. And I was just like, man, I really hate Shannon and Austin now. You look so pissed. Dude, dude. I was you pissed. You fire in your eyes. And I, like, I didn't know you as well then. So I'm like, am I going to fight this kid? <laughs> I thought I was going to fight everybody in that crowd. Austin, he pulled me aside. He's like, I've never really seen a reaction like this. And I'm the ring announcer. That's the, that's the crazy thing is, like, a right. ring announcer getting that much heat. Uh, I was really happy, but also kind of terror, terror, uh, blah. I was scared. I was <laughs> yeah. terrified. Because I also work at, you know, I, I run a video game <laughs> store where a lot of these kids that were like yelling and throwing things at me come in and buy video games. So I thought, do they know this is a show? Or are they not going to come to the store anymore? Or are they going to come to the store and charge you? <laughs> or are they going to throw things at me in the store? Yeah. It was, it was kind um, of a scary time. I've never been in that position before, but... It turned out okay, and we ended up doing some pretty good stuff. I gave Dalton probably his best moment in CCW, I think, so far, where he beat me at Super Show and put me through the table, and then Damone mm-hmm. came out and gave me the attitude adjustment. They took my shoes, and that was uh, that was a great moment. That, that will always go down as one of my favorite things I've ever done. I still don't understand why the crowd decided to go after the shoes. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, what was it about those shoes, There's, man? I when I first started in CCW and I was doing the announcer stuff and even the manager stuff to an extent the gimmick that I had in my head was that I wore sunglasses I always had weird sunglasses or crazy sunglasses and now it's almost become my shoes because I had those <laughs> bright red shoes and now you can see them over there we're recording this in my apartment by the way uh, pull back the curtain as Cody would say uh, my shoes back over there now are like the rainbow I, those are my I call those my piss off Perryville shoes <laughs> um, yeah but now I'm a good guy so I uh, should be pissing yeah. everybody off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but back to the heat. I think it yeah. took. It, I think it took uh, maybe a month after you turned heel to kind of. Because I had broken up with the girlfriend that I was with, that I kind of was having some other problems with, and I was kind of working on getting my mental health back to where it should be, and mm. we made up and stuff. We're, we here, we're here right now. Rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yep. Everybody. Pretty much the whole thing turned. Fairly quickly after that, um, partially I want to thank the racists in the crowd at like the next show because Dalton and I feel so bad for Dalton. If he's, I know he's listening to this, and I feel so bad for him uh, because at, at that point I was the heel manager and I was going up against Dalton. It was only supposed to be a short-term thing. Dalton was going to get over on me, but it turned out to go so well. Jason extended it and gave me a whole group. So that show is when I introduced Justin Smart as kind of my mercenary enforcer. And I get in the ring, and I'm going to cut this promo on Dalton. I'm the bad guy. He's the good guy. But there was this dude in the crowd the whole show who was egging me on and egging on the Was this the Delta show? Uh, no, this was, um, was this Delta? It was Delta. It was Delta, because I it remember yeah, cause... It was either Delta or Chaffee. I forget which one. Uh, yeah, it was Delta, because we're in that community center. And we're all small, Oh, small God, place. I yeah. hate that place. But this dude just kept riding us, and he started calling uh, Bradley from The Hustlers, who The Hustlers, by the way, good friends of mine, surprisingly. Like, it's amazing the people that you become friends with in this business. Uh, but he kept calling Bradley like Gorilla, and he called me Zookeeper. So finally, when I cut my promo on Dalton, the dude's still yelling at me, and I stop, and I mention the racist in the crowd, and I point to him, and the crowd applauds, you know, and like suddenly I'm a good guy because I'm calling out a racist. And I didn't think about it until Dalton told me. The shitty part about that is that Dalton's the good guy. So now he has to argue with me and like talk down to me when I just did something heroic by calling out this oh. racist. And I feel so bad. I've apologized to Dalton for a lot in life. That's one of those <laughs> things. But also Dalton, no, I'm not going to say that. It's a joke, but he wouldn't take it as a joke. Anyway, next question. Yeah. Let's get on with this. Yeah. I don't want to make yeah. anything awkward. 
<laughs> so like I said, I'm glad we've I'm glad we've paved over all the hard feelings and yeah. we're 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 yeah. Life's too short for hard feelings. Yeah, That's true. yeah. We are where we are at today. Yes. We're in your apartment recording this podcast. I'm very proud of you, by and, the way. And yeah, interesting fun fact about me. So the first CCW show, I actually went up the Hunter. I went up the Hunter Hendrix because I don't really know a lot about the wrestling community in Cape at that point. Mm. And I'm like, hey, Hunter, because I know he's a big radio guy. Right. I'm like, hey, Hunter, have you guys ever thought about starting a podcast? <laughs> he's like, oh, we got uh, Pro Wrestling Unscripted. Yeah, we uh, started, the, the, actually the first show we ever did for Podzilla was a WrestleMania preview, and it was me and Hunter and Louie and Zach and... Louie yeah, Benson? Louie Benson. Oh, yeah, big, uh, big Louie. Uh, yeah, controversial figure. Controversial guy. Controversial. Uh, but, and Louie is another guy that I've always butted heads with. We, me and him haven't always been friends. Um, but yeah, it was a one-off thing. If Hunter hadn't invited me down to the radio station to do the podcast, we wouldn't have done the show. So, you know, I, I always credit Hunter for really helping me get this off the ground. Now, I'm so happy he came back during once I had my big breakup last year, and it was a very emotional time. I didn't really want to do the show. Hunter was kind enough to come back to the show and start doing them with us, and now he's a mainstay again. It's a lot of fun. It's good reuniting with old friends. I do like the lives you guys have been doing recently. You know, you did yeah. one on Election Day. Yeah, but... which, again, like, I've been pissing at a lot of people off <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, political views. Uh, I won't get too political on this show, unless you ask, but before then, we, we're starting to get more live stuff. Mm. We're currently deciding whether or not we want to go to Twitch or YouTube, but we're going to kind of evolve the brand into a... A lot of video stuff. Yeah. I think um, I think Twitch would be good so yeah. I can use the Monka's emojis in the chat. Yeah. Twitch is probably where we're leaning, mostly because YouTube does so much censorship at this oh, point. Right. That's oh, my one yeah. thing about YouTube yeah. is that over the years, I mean, if you just look back to like the 2010s and like the main scene of Smosh and how they were so good yeah. and they got like, now that you look at them, they're so censored and so yeah. all these other YouTubers like Markiplier, they just can't do what they... Yeah. Not just that, and the algorithm too, like, oh, uh, like Make Me Bad 35, one of the original YouTubers, like, he hasn't been a thing for years. Mm -hmm. That was like one of, that was one of the guys I grew up watching on YouTube. I'm a big fan of Philip DeFranco, and DeFranco, he does a lot like I want to do, where you talk about the news and you give your spin on it, yeah. and you know, but even he will mention that he, he does like two or three videos sometimes because... He'll have the video that's definitely going to be demonetized because it's controversial. Yeah. And then he does the fluff pieces that he can make money on. Me, I pretty much built my brand on my opinion and controversy. Pod yeah. 1985 was an outlet for me to do journalism without mainstream media uh, shackles. Yeah. So I'll be damned if I go to YouTube and they tell me, hey, you can't talk about this. Yeah. I'm going to talk about what I want, like Sinclair. 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 I was about to go there. I was yeah. about to go there. And so do you think, like, you'll do. As we were talking about your like political, you think you'll ever like branch off into maybe like a political side? Because yeah, I, I would, I would like to see that. I for the longest time, I've tried to quit Podzilla 1985 like 30 times, and each time I try to quit, they either talk me into staying or something happens where I go, okay, I need you guys because yeah. I need the emotional support. But my goal long term is to branch off into just probably doing news okay. because that's that's where I come from. That's my background. Mm -hmm. And I love doing the shows because they're a lot of fun. I stopped doing Pro Wrestling Unscripted because I kind of fell out of love with wrestling. Understandable. And, you know, on it's a, a love-hate relationship. It is, and on a personal note, and I know I talk about this a lot, but, you know, it's something that really affected me. Uh, Pro Wrestling Unscripted was always me, Asa, Allie, Dalton. When Allie left, it felt like a piece was missing. And it just hasn't been the same for me. And 
so I I left. Asa, thank God, is an amazing host, and he's done a good job. Shout out to Asa. Shout out, I miss you, Asa. Yeah, I can't wait to do commentary with him. We all miss Asa. I, I go to you know the CCW shows, and I, I tell him this all the time. But like guys will come up to me and be like, "Hey, where's Asa?" Like, well, you know, with with COVID, he's being very cautious, so he's yeah. not going to be here. Um, one of the I think it was the last show we did, Leo D. It was his comeback when he started <laughs> wrestling again. And he was like, where's Asa at? And like, he's not here. And so we ended up like taking a picture for Asa, and which just made him feel worse. And I feel bad about that. But yeah, we all can't wait for Asa to come back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think we're about we're about 24 minutes. I think this is the longest we've gone without fan questions. questions. Right. <laughs> That's anytime you interview, I, you did a show with Big Lee, right? Oh, yeah. I've done a couple shows. You've done with three or four. I, it's, I assume it's the same thing. Anytime you get hosts together, they tend to ramble because you're so used to talking a lot yeah. that when you have multiple people that want to talk a lot, they uh, kind of do it. And I ramble, and I apologize. No, but if, but if you, know you like what? the rambling, kids, podzilla1985.com, <laughs> where unlike this show, we have nothing but filler. And um, <laughs> Hey, I think this is the best podcast we've done so far. <laughs> we're, not, we're not even close to done yet. <laughs> My shows are, are 90%. Other than, I love when I get to do the politics shows because I feel oh, focused. Oh, dude, those are I'm good. Focus I on something. Those. But whenever we do horse time or after dark, it's the most random bullshit. Uh, it's good for the soul, but it's I feel bad like, for my brain. I feel like I need to come on horse time. <laughs> I agree. Hey, yeah, with with technology now, you don't even have to come to the studio. Exactly. You, you just you, only reason we're doing this here is because I didn't feel like getting the Discord ready. I'm like, like, I, like, oh, I, like, like I got some of the dumbest shit in my head. You haven't even heard yet. That fits right in with my brand. Uh, yeah. All right. So speaking of Podzilla 1985, you guys have had some pretty noble guests on there. You've had yeah. uh, Road Warrior Animal, uh, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy, yeah. yeah, Jerry Lynn, Jerry Lynn, and then a lot of my personal favorites like uh, we did one with Cody Wilson, we did one with Austin Lane, um, Ziggler, Ziggler, yeah, it had Dolph Ziggler, yeah, I forgot big, about Dolph Ziggler, yeah, man. Big John, Jonathan Graham, he wants to know your favorite thing about Dolph Ziggler. Uh, my favorite thing about Dolph Ziggler was how much we genuinely connected on things like I've had guests on the show I've had big name guests not just in the world of professional wrestling but you know we've had actors on the show I've had uh, I've had TV hosts and all of them are cool but I never connected with any of them before other than like guys I'm actually friends with like Austin Lane yeah like that or Billy Hills but uh, Dolph Ziggler and I connected almost immediately Jason told me hey Dolph's gonna come in and do this comedy show in Cape he wants to do a, a show to help promote that, and uh, we want that to be you. Do you think you can fit Dolph Ziggler into your schedule? And I'm looking at an empty uh, calendar going, yeah, I think we can do that, yeah. <laughs> um, so Dolph comes on, he texts me before the show, and he's just gonna, I'll never forget, he just said, hey, it's Nick, um, what time do you wanna do this? And I'm again, when you're in wrestling, you're so used to calling each other by your work yeah. names. That when I got, I almost replied and said, "Who's Nick?" And I thought, "Oh, Nick, right, Dolph Ziggler." <laughs> so me and him text each other. He came on the show. We bonded almost immediately on. Uh, we both watched the same kind of humor, uh, Mr. Show of Bob and David, John Panette, music. Like we we just bonded on this to the point that you know, uh, even though I haven't done it in a while because I've been busy and I'm sure he's busy, we actually texted each other Fair. still fairly frequently. We talked about Chun Li a couple months ago and our love of Street Fighter. So Dolph is just a cool dude. He's the most down to earth celebrity I think I've ever met. Speaking on music, uh, we all three share a very favorite artist in Poppy. Yeah, oh my god. I could go on and on about Poppy. Poppy, I, I still remember the first time I saw her. It was an NXT promo. Mm-hmm. 
and she said something about Poppy's coming to NXT, and I remember texting a couple friends, and I was like, who the hell is Poppy? Is she a wrestler? <laughs> She's so small. There's no way this girl's a wrestler. So I looked into it, and I saw that she was a YouTube sensation, which I immediately hated, because I hate YouTube sensations. I hate TikTok. I hate a lot of things. Uh, but I listened to, the first song I listened to from her was X. And I watched the video, and I fell in love with it instantly. I showed it to Allie. She fell in love with it instantly. We both became obsessed with Poppy. And then for Christmas, she got us Valentine's Day tickets to the Poppy concert in St. Louis, which is actually like the last thing she and I did together. And that also kind of sucks because when we broke up, um, it was hard to listen to Poppy for a little while. Because I still attached it to her. And I know I talk a lot about her. No ill will. Like, she's an amazing person, 100%. I, I'm not... I never try to bring any negative attention to her. I usually just talk about how great she was. Um, but that concert was legit, like, top five things I've ever done. You, th- you know, I'm a big, tough guy, allegedly. But the moment Poppy got out on stage, I literally had tears in my eyes, and I'm bouncing up and down. I think I embarrassed Allie. I think she <laughs> purposely, like, stayed a little bit further away from is that me. Why, is that why you guys broke up? Yeah, that's what... God, one of my favorite jokes that no one else likes. I could, like, I could spill my tea and I go, I think that's why Allie left me. And I laugh my ass off and nobody else laughs. And we'll just call that the kayfabe reason. The kayfabe yeah. reason. It's the same way, like, I always make fun of the fact that my parents are dead. And everyone gets, like, super awkward, but it's like... Yeah, well, that's how we deal with uh, trauma, isn't it? Yeah, we, see, we joke about it. It's like, it's like simple flips, kind of. Shout out to simple flips. <laughs> <laughs> see, one of my uh, good friends, uh, Garrett, his mom passed away when he was very young. And he'll sit there, and we'll be in class, and something bad happened. He goes, so that's why my mom died. And I, I'm sitting here, like, laughing. Everybody, and he's laughing. Everybody's just looking at us, and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. they don't get the dark humor. Yeah, no, ah. I respect that sense of humor. That is what I, again, I base my brand on was dark humor. There's, I think there's two kind of humors, and one will get you in trouble, and one will get you fans. <laughs> there's controversial humor where you joke about rape or stuff like that. That's not funny. No. And no. then there's dark humor where you just kind of take things that are tragic and find the humor in them. That's funny. That's always funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. But yes, Poppy, if she weren't already getting married, I would... Well, I wouldn't marry her because she could definitely do better than me, but why I love Poppy. I hope we get back to concerts soon because that is a concert on my list. That's the yeah. second concert I've ever been to in my life. I'm sad I didn't get to go. To, I was gonna go. I was gonna go to that concert, but I decided to do ring announcing that night instead. And you see how that worked out for me. The, when we were at that concert, there was this guy uh, because it was standing room only, pretty much, mm-hmm. and it was at uh, Delmer Hall, I think it's called, or Delmer or something like that mm-hmm. on the loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a dude next to us who was just jamming along with it. And I looked at his shirt. He was wearing, I never could pronounce this correctly. You're going to have to fix this for me because you know how it's supposed to be said. Los Ingobern... What is it? Los Ingobernables. Yes, he was wearing one of those shirts. I almost said hi to him because I'm like, you a wrestling fan? I'm a wrestling fan. But (laughs) I didn't. I kept my mouth shut. I was too busy looking at Poppy. So speaking of the Poppy concert, I want to get your thoughts on the VIP meet and greet experience that she was doing for that tour. I respect it as an artist because one thing I love about Poppy is she maintains that character. Exactly. Uh, Even though that could have hurt her, um, that could have hurt her bottom line if people were pissed off because like I spent $200. Oh, there were people pissed off. Yeah, but but she stuck with it. And that's that's one of the things I respect about her, again, as an artist. Now, as a fan, uh, remind me, what's our language barrier on here? Uh, Is this uncensored? 
But we keep it. Uh, uh, we're uncensored, but uncensored. just we're not vague on here. Like we're not like we're not vulgar. We're not like Big Lee's boom boom room. <laughs> <laughs> or Podzilla nineteen eighty five. I'll keep it. Uh, I'll keep it PG for you guys. Um, I that was ridiculous. Like if I had paid two hundred dollars to go pose with her corpse, I would have been so mad. But thankfully, I only paid thirty forty dollars for her CD, <laughs> which I don't have anymore. I think honestly. Seeing that as a fan was one of the things that kind of pushed me away from going to the concert mm. because I kind of, I kind of wanted to meet actually meet Poppy. Same, but I don't want to. I'm not going to pay 200 bucks to pose by her in a coffin. Now she would. Now if you go on Twitter and look at the pictures, she would occasionally open her eye for a picture. Oh well, that's worth 200 dollars. Oh exactly. sure. Uh, but the concert was amazing. Like best concert I've ever been to. I've only been to two. But still, the best one I've ever been to. Right. I need to get back into concerts once this whole COVID bullcrap is over with. The last concert I went to was at Godsmack here in town. I actually won uh, tickets and got to meet Godsmack via Real Rock. And that was good. Uh, when I was like 12, I could see Green Day. So that's one thing I miss about Hunter working at the radio station. He would just call me and be like, hey, you want tickets? Yeah. And I would just win every time. So <laughs> he was my in. <laughs> Now I, and now I can only use him for his friendship. Ugh. Dang. Ugh. Not very epic gamer moment. No. Um, the number one female fan of Four Sides, Michaela Minton. I love her. Love her. Loyal fan of the Four mm -hmm. Sides podcast. Uh, been listening to some other podcasts, too. Like, I see her on you guys' live videos. She's so. always on there, and I really appreciate so that. We, we always appreciate the support, Michaela. But she wants to know, besides Poppy, what other bands and singers do you like? I have a very uh, varied taste in music. If you gave me, hey, what's your five all-time favorite bands? Poppy's definitely on that list. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. I'm a huge Bone Thugs and Harmony fan. Boys to Men. Uh, I love Motown. I love uh, Coheed and Cambria. It's one of my all-time favorite bands. Coheed and Cambria. Yellow Card, Motion City Soundtrack. Um, I listen to everything. If you ever saw my playlist. It is everything from Hillary Duff to like Cradle of Phil. Hillary Duff. I love nothing Hillary Duff. I love Hillary nothing Duff. Wrong with, nothing wrong with that. But like favorite favorites, it's definitely like Poppy, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Boys to Men. I love Green Day. Um, but those those are my absolute favorites. That's how my playlist is. Is like, I mean, Johnny I I'll, Cash. I'll go from Slipknot. Like the only thing I don't listen to is Modern Country. Yeah, because that that, that makes me just like, please. I, that's, uh, That's like the number one response when people uh, talk about music. I love everything but country. I also don't love current country, uh, which was bad because the last, uh, Maria, she loves country, and we did not agree on that. <laughs> um, but I liked some of the music she introduced me to. It was, yeah. Some of it was pretty good. I wouldn't listen to it regularly, Fair. but I didn't mind it. But I love classic country. Uh, I can George Jones, Conway Twitty. Uh, Chris Christopherson, Highwaymen, Johnny Cash, obviously. I love people like that. See, Johnny Cash is one of my favorites. Uh, like, my playlist, I'll go from Slipknot to Tupac to Conway Twitty. And I then Poppy. Because yeah. today I was listening to I Disagree by Poppy with my friends at AirPods in. What's the most embarrassing song you have that you don't want anyone to know you listen to? Fruit Salad by The Wiggles. <laughs> it is for the pure... It is for the pure nostalgic fact of that I get to see them in concert. Yeah. And that, that was my childhood. And I'll sit there, and I'll just blast it. I'm waiting for the one day someone's like, what the fuck are you listening to? Oh, yeah, Fruit Salad by the Wiggles. I'm just going to get... 
Hey, that's hardcore. What about, <laughs> what about you, Caleb? Uh, most embarrassing song. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty open about what I listen to, honestly. Uh, I think that. Uh, what is it? PPAP? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Pineapple pen? Yeah, <laughs> pineapple, apple pen. No, I take that back, though. Uh, guilty pleasure of mine, I don't know if you've ever heard this, is Blonde Boys. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, not familiar with that one. Not familiar? You had to look that one up. It's very, very interesting. We're just Blonde Boys doing what Blonde Boys oh, do. <laughs> mine is, every time it pops up on my radio, I turn it, is She Wolf by Shakira. Ooh. Uh, it's it's a good song, but it's also just embarrassing when people hear you jamming out to it. Um, people used to make fun of me for listening to Taylor Swift, and to them, I just flip up Double Birds. Taylor Swift is amazing. I yeah. love Taylor Swift. I put her on my top list too. See, that's me with Britney Spears. I also love Britney Spears. I like I said, I pretty much love any and all music. Uh, some I don't get. Maybe I'm getting older now, so like I don't get a WAP. I don't get some I, of the, the new rappers. Yeah. Um, I love some new rappers. I love Kendrick Lamar. Oh, Kendrick um, Lamar is it? Yeah. I, I love, uh, uh, God, I forget his name. And I feel bad about that. Let's just move on because now I'm embarrassed that I forget <laughs> his name. And when it comes to me, I'm just going to yell it out. Right. Speak- I've, been, I've been listening to a lot of the cyberpunk soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. See. I was trying to think of his name. <laughs> uh, on, on- is, is it Conrad Oldmine? No, no. <laughs> on on like new rap is that I was I was growing up on like Tupac, Biggie Smalls, Eminem, and I really love Joyner Lucas. He's one of the new guys and like Logic. I I don't I can't, I don't uh, I can't stand Cardi B. That's I, see no I like Cardi B. It's just some stuff I just don't get. Like I've never heard Megan The Stallion, so I can't really comment on her. But mm-hmm. I I genuinely like Cardi B. I used to hate Nicki Minaj, and then I really found a respect for Nicki Minaj. I think mostly my respect for Nicki Minaj comes from the fact that she has a good sense of humor. Mm. I saw her on SNL, and same thing with Rihanna, and they were both very funny. And mm. anytime someone can make me laugh, like if you can tell that they they have a sense of humor, it really goes a long way for making me like them. Speaking on SNL, uh, I was playing Dead by Daylight one night, just listening to the, uh, Podzilla, and it's when you did the whole yeet thing. <laughs> I, I'm mid Dead by Daylight. I'm running uh, what I call Burger King Michael Myers. It's where it's <laughs> I it, I'm slow, but if I hit you, you're dead, and yeah. I have an instant mori. The great Kali approach. <laughs> and I just heard that. I was like, wait a minute. I had to go back to that. And I just, I was AFK. I looked back up. All the survivors are just sitting there just teabagging around me. I'm like, well, shit. I'm still in the game. Yeah, I think Lindsay is probably happiest that I've dropped the yeet jokes. But they'll come back. Don't worry. Nothing. I beat the horse dead. <laughs> it's horse time. It's horse time. Thank you, Michaela. Michaela is someone, when I was a bad guy, I used to jaw on her constantly. Um, I thought she would hate me forever, but I really appreciate Michaela. Michaela, if you're listening, you're one of my favorites. She's also got another comment on here. Yes, um, it's gonna be a long show. She talked about this game called Jackbox. She, yeah. she says Aww. it's really fun, and maybe you guys can play it on Podzilla Live one night and have fans join in with you. Ooh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing that. I, I know a couple of friends that have Jackbox. I've never played it myself, but they were telling me it's a lot of fun. It is fun. I'm not too familiar with it. I know we've talked about doing Among Us. We've done Phasmophobia a lot because uh, Tanner's. A big Those are one of my favorite streams. You, you know guys what? Do. You know what gets really over on Twitch? Marbles on stream. Never heard of that. No. So it's like, whenever I used to be kind of big into Twitch, this was kind of last yearish. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a mar- there's a marble racing game, and you you type in a number whenever like the game boots up, and like if you you type explanation point enter the commands and it enters a marble into a race and it's just the 
the viewers race marbles pretty much. And huh. it's, it's just random, That's but yeah. like it, it gets a lot of it gets a lot of views apparently. I I never really wanted to do let's plays or stuff like that because I you know I work at a video game store okay. for my day job, and I would always watch kids watching let's plays. So that's where I got introduced to Markiplier and PewDiePie and people mm -hmm. like that, and I hated it. I'm like, why would you guys watch people play games when you can play the games yourself? But with that said, I do have a lot of fun doing the Phasmophobia streams, mm -hmm. and Asa, of course, is coming back. He's got Five Star Man over on Twitch. Mm -hmm. He does that all the time. Shout out to him. It's a lot of fun. In fact, I think he'll probably tell you one of his favorites that he did was the time we got him to play Phasmophobia with Is us. this on the VR? Uh, no, this one was on VR. This was Asa. Asa wanted to do something cool with the group for the live stream because he's never had Podzilla on his stream. Uh -huh. So me and him and Jesse and Tanner, we talked. he talked us in. He talk, it was his idea into playing Phasmophobia. Asa is not a horror fan. <laughs> he, Him, Cody, and Dalton, none of them can handle horror very well. Love so horror. we're like, why you wanted to play Phasmophobia? I have no idea. Asa's reaction when the ghost popped up in front of him and he's never played it again should tell you. It's on his channel. Go watch it. It's hilarious. That's how I am with horror games. Like the other night I went to see my mom and uh, her boyfriend's got two little girls that got these VR headsets. Oh, I got, man. I'm not sitting right over there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they had me play Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, oh man. I tried to get Maria to play that in VR. She refused and I forgot. She has a legitimate phobia of uh, animatronics. Oh, Which so... Is, yeah, so I felt like a dick. I have not screamed that loud in front of my mother. <laughs> Don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> oh, it's horse time! It's horse time! <laughs> if you can find it, there's a video of Dalton playing PT. and Good old PT! Yeah, we had him, we live-streamed it, and he gets, like, to the first... Maybe two times around the hall, and he quits. Mm -hmm. He turns the PlayStation off. And we're like, Dalton, come on, man! It was fun. PT's not really even... Like, I've seen videos of PT. It's not really even... You, everyone says that till they play it. PT is hands down the scariest game I've ever played in my life. Uh, Phasmophobia is pretty close because mm -hmm. it's, it's very similar. Yeah. But my God, the first time I played PT, I was afraid to walk around the corner. I think by now everyone knows the tricks. Yeah. But right. when it first came out, nobody knew what the hell they were doing. Right. When it first came out, it was. Oh, it was terrifying. Like, like if you were to go and play it today. It, today it's yeah. different. I can yeah. I can play it today and not be affected by it. But like, yeah, man, there's nothing like when PT came out originally. That was amazing. I wish they wouldn't have taken that down. I'm but. I'm sad they took it down, but I'm glad they never made the game. Because if they would have made the game, I think it would have ruined the legacy of that demo. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then the whole thing with Kojima and everything. Yeah. But that's another story. That's another yeah. show. That's Nerd Up. See, with how you're talking about with like Let's Plays, uh, somebody like my childhood is not the best. So when I wasn't like home when I was with my mom on the run with her doing her drugs and stuff I would watch like that's Jack a great Sep story yeah, yeah. Just, just to sum it up I would watch let's play like that's how I fell in love with Jacksepticeye is that uh, I didn't have money for a game so you I can watch somebody I yeah. enjoy play this and and he's Irish yeah he and I have that Irish connection exactly so I'm, I'm same. I, I love Jack and uh and that's like and then I got to PewDiePie and then they do their meme stuff man if you're ever feeling sad, go to one of their channels, just watch a meme time, and then you're feeling better. When I feel sad, I watch Vic Burger. I put one of his videos on Podzilla's page today, if you've never watched it. Uh, it's a specific kind of humor, but it's great. Anyway, I'm stalling. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, one of the shows I watched was Ponage, back to uh, Make Me Bad 80... Not 85, Make Me Bad 35. You got 85 on the brain, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Podzilla 1985. Yeah, but they... 
they got caught by the YouTube algorithm, but yeah. uh, their older videos are still up. A little edgy stuff, <laughs> but, you know. I like edgy. Yeah, edgy's good. Depends on how you take it. It's true. Let's get back into some wrestling. So, 2018, 2019, you kind of start House 100. Yes. Um, Which originally wasn't supposed to be called House 100. What was it supposed to be called? The 100 Club. The 100 Club. Uh, That's what Jason pitched to me, and I, I rejected it. I think House too, 100's got way better yeah, to it. Too Sorry, similar Jason. to the 27 Club. Uh, well, I I don't know if he was trying to I, I don't know if he was basing it on the Bullet Club, yeah, or if he was basing it on the Seven Hundred Club because originally his idea for it was that I would come in as almost like this cult leader. Which, if you go back to those early shows, I had like the long hair and the ponytail, I had the big beard, I very and I had like Joseph the, the Seed Jones. vibes from like yeah. Far Cry Five. It, yeah, yeah, it's very similar to that, and Good game. that's that's where we started with it. But I told him, you know, like, I thought 100 Club was too close to Bullet Club. Yeah. And I, I'm i a big Castlevania fan, and I just started watching Castlevania, and they had House Belmont. <laughs> so I thought, uh, House 100, eh. and it stuck. Even though no one could ever, no one could ever point out whether or not it was House 100 or House of 100. So, like, Glacier cut a promo on us, and he called us House of 100. And I'm like, The Mandela my, effect. I'm shaking my head going, like, no, it's House of 100. There's no of. That's, <laughs> almost, that's almost as great as uh, Raven saying he's going to help you guys out. <laughs> he's he's going to help you get in the way. Oh, Raven was cool, though. Raven yeah, was pretty cool. Raven was cool. Yeah. Shout out to Raven. Shout out to Raven. Hey, Scott. Yeah. He, Can I call you Scott? No. no. Probably not. Apparently from, uh, this is, my source on this is Big Lee. Uh, apparently... Cost two hundred dollars to get him on the podcast, so I've never paid for a guest. I never will. So don't count on Raven being no. on the Foresights podcast anytime soon. So one of my favorite moments it was one of the Cage Chaos we did, and uh, I set I set front row all the time. I, like one event in twenty twenty, I just forgot to buy a ticket. <laughs> I, that's the only time I did set front row, and there was a bunch of frat guys behind me. Oh, and yeah. then you come out. I was wearing a hat that night. I remember this, yeah. And yeah. I, I went to high five. You were like, no, and you flipped me off. And all those frat guys, in it, like, in the same motion, stood up. They were ready to fight you. I'm just like, take the hat off. You're like, oh. It's like, oh, it's you, Noah. It's hey. Like, come on. And those frat guys were like, yo, if he bullies you, we'll... I'm just like, I gotta protect Shannon. Yeah, it was <laughs> the hardest thing about the, the whole heel run for me was I, people still liked me. Yeah. Like, you know, I had already become friends with a lot of people in the crowd, not from CCW. And so whenever I turned heel, people will still wanted to cheer me. And one of the biggest problems, if you're a good heel, eventually people will turn and they will cheer you. Billy Hills knows this because he used to complain to me. He's like, I don't know how to get these people to hate me anymore. Um, so and, then, said, and then when they turn face, they won't come to the show anymore. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's a guy, his name's Brian Tanner. He's a fan of the show and he's also a CCW fan. And his son... Uh, loved me as a bad guy. But then when I turned good guy, they came into the store and he said he doesn't want to cheer you anymore because you're a good guy. And I, I had to tell him, I was like, no, dude, I'm still a dick. Like, just now, <laughs> now I'm a dick against Jeff Odell. So you can still cheer me. It's okay. Yeah. Let's talk about how that came about. So, uh, Super Show 3, you guys kind of have a little, uh, a little trip and fall against Dalton and Damone. Um, you kind of build yourselves back up. Uh, and, anniversary hustlers win the tag belt uh next month Otis comes back joins you guys wins yep. the ccw title so it looks like you guys are on a bit of a roll um covid hits uh, and gotta fucking ccw love COVID, eventually man. comes back uh super show four 
Right. Yeah. Uh, Otis loses the belt. Hustlers have already lost the tag belts. They're kind of out of the picture. Um, and Pinnacle comes back. Yes. And basically, no disrespect, but I just say it how it is because I'm unbiased. They kind of destroy House 100 in a way. Yeah. So, I, what's, what's the status? I've actually got... A few people asking this. Uh, Michael Goodman, I think, was one of them. Um, what's the status of House 100 right now? Well, first, when we came back and Otis lost the title, you know, that's that's when they told me, you know, you know, God, it's so hard to walk that kayfabe line. And yeah. To be legitimate, um, they told me they wanted to turn me good guy, and I I was fine with that because again, this is. Uh, I think this was a couple months after the breakup, and at that point, I'm like, I kind of want to be cheered right now because yeah. people tell me how much they hate me. It's kind of like I need I need good things in my life, so I, I was like, yeah, I'll let's do face stuff. Um, and part of that was to be destroyed. Yeah, that that was part of it. Is Jason wanted to build sympathy for me, so he wanted me to go out there and get my ass kicked, and it worked really well. Uh, not at first, we had this big concern. There was this concern that's like, okay, Shannon has been the biggest douchebag. For two years now, yeah. two plus years, I was the top, not the top heel in terms of wrestling, but I was up there. I was the bad. Yeah. I was the big bad, as they used to say in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You were the Jeff Odell. I was the Jeff yeah. Odell. I wanted to be bigger than Jeff Odell, but Jeff Odell is such a legendary figure. It's hard to live up to that. Uh, but I think I did my job well. And when they wanted to turn me face, our concern was there's no way that they're going to cheer me. They're going to cheer me getting my ass kicked. And at first they did. Whenever they first attacked me, and of course the pinnacle, you know, it was yep. cool, and they came back, you can watch that and see the turn, because, and I really, I want to give a shout out to Billy Hills for this, because he and I had talked about it, and he said, you know, I'm going to cut this promo, what can I do? And he was very respectful of it. He, I told him, if you want to use Allie in this, go for it. Just don't say her name, Fair. because I don't want, she never agreed to any of it, mm -hmm. and I don't want to use her in a storyline if she didn't agree to it because I have a lot of respect for her um, so he cut the promo on me after the fact after they had cheered the pinnacle coming back and one of the lines he said was you know it's been a hard year for you you lost you know you lost your old lady and then the crowd just oh because yeah. a lot of them knew she wasn't there anymore mm -hmm. they probably assumed something was and up that's one of the good things uh, credit to Billy that's one of the good things about him yeah it's like he can play off the crowd. He knows, yes, yes. He knows the that's, psychology exactly. of that's crowd a reactions. Good, that's a good promo. That's a good wrestler is when you can feed off the crowd. So he said that, and then he and I went the most non-PG I think CC Dave has ever done. Because I started screaming, I'm going to effing kill you. He's saying, F you. Like, we're just screaming. It seemed real. Mm -hmm. And the crowd, one thing Jason told me once, and it was one of the probably one of the nicest things anyone's ever said about me. He said, when you speak, when you raise your voice to a crowd, they get quiet. Like, he said, he told me, like, not many people can do that, but when I start to get loud, the crowd will go silent. If I'm a good guy or a bad guy, it feels real. Mm. So they were cheering and making fun when I got beat up, but then when I started yelling for Billy, crowd went silent. And then there was a spattering of applause as I got wheeled to the back. And then when I came back for the first show back... And the crowd reaction, I was blown away. I couldn't believe people cheered for me. That, that was pretty cool. But the status of House 100, I ramble. 
I warned you about this. <laughs> hey, there's there's a build up to everything. Exactly. Yes. It's build up. It's not just ramble. House 100 was never supposed to be as good as they were. Like we were never supposed to be the threat that we were. It was supposed yeah. to be a very short term thing. But the fact that again, I think I did my job well, and Jason paired me up with such amazing talent like Jake Durden, mm-hmm. Hollis Jarreau, uh Justin Smart, Damon Salavino. I mean, it was a lot. Sarah Summers. It was a laundry list of talent, and we got over on the fact that everybody was so good. Um, but now, you know, both in character and out of character, a lot of those guys aren't around. There. Damone is over in OBW killing yep. it. Uh, Sarah's retired. Yep. Austin is semi-retired. Where? The Hustlers haven't been there in a while. Um, Justin is in that tag team with Donnie, and they are mm-hmm. the tag champs. You know, he turned his back on us. Pretty much the only people that are left in House 100 are Dalton and Slammer. And, <laughs> and, they, and Micah. And they, Micah. We'll get to Micah in a second. Uh, Dalton and Slammer just turned at the Riot match in January. We only had two months to establish them in House 100. So it was really shitty for them. I was so excited to bring them into the fold. Uh, and then, of course, Micah, who I think Micah is amazing. Micah is super cool. I cannot wait for her to come back into CCW and to help her go further uh, in a managerial role. Mm-hmm. I, can, I think I can help her with that. And um, I think with the right uh, with the right conditioning and with the, with the right guidance, I think she's going to be one of the biggest people in CCW. She's got yeah. the look. She's got the attitude. She just needs... She needs guidance. Agreed. Um, that should be great. As far as House 100 right now, uh, it's me. I am House 100. And my goal, both in character and out of character, is to rebuild. Fair. And that starts with Aaron Roberts. Aaron Roberts, you know, formerly Gage. You know, he was, yeah. he was over in uh, EIW. He's wrestled in a ton of different places. He was one of the uh, King's Court, along with Addison. <clears throat> Aaron is amazingly talented. On that, uh, during that match with the Hollis, uh, through all my years of CCW, I've never seen Hollis be manhandled like that in that no, match. I, Jeez, yeah. like, that's, like, Aaron, like, I was on the fence with him in uh, King's Court, because I'm, like, I like tag team wrestling, Yeah. but there's certain things a tag team has to do for me to be like, oh, yeah, I like you guys. And when he broke off, and I was like, I think he could do better as singles. And he came out there and basically steamrolled Hollis. He Cheryl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason said, I'm going to put you with Aaron. And I thought, okay, well, I don't know Aaron. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked one time. And I managed a lot of guys. But the weird thing was is most of the guys I managed, I didn't feel like a manager. It just felt like we were just kind of, like, together. Like, Austin doesn't need a manager. Yeah. Paul Giroux doesn't need a manager. Yeah. Um, the only person other than Aaron that I've connected with on a managerial level would be the Hustlers and Otis. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I worked really well as their manager. And I think I'm going to work well as Aaron's manager because Aaron is amazing, and I can't wait to help him gain traction. They originally pitched to me that Joey O'Reilly was going to be in House 100, but that was a long time ago, so I thought, now Joey's in this match, and I thought, can I have Joey, please? Because Joey is so cool. Yeah. Joey and I are friends. Uh, he's Irish. Well, at least in character, he's Irish. Yeah, I, I, he's also a lowlife. He is a yes, lowlife. Also an AEW uh, star, you know, building. Uh, my goal in the next couple of months is to build, rebuild House 100, take it to the pinnacle. The fans have wanted to see Pinnacle versus House 100 since the day I kicked Jeff O'Dell out. Um, that was a Tyler yep. Whistler comment. Something that I want that I know probably will never happen is the Pinnacle versus House 100 War Games. 
Hey, never say never in never this industry. Say exactly. My ideal match, if I could call it now, mm-hmm. I could see down the line of it being Aaron Roberts, Joey O'Reilly, Austin Lane, Dalton Anthony, and Chris Slammer. Because I want to include Dalton and Chris. Yeah. Dalton and Chris are both incredibly talented and devoted. Exactly. They are so loyal to CCW. They are. Uh, Dalton has worked his ass off. I'm yes, not just yes. saying this because he's friends. You know, we're no, friends. Dalton has literally busted his ass. Dalton has worked his ass off for CCW both as a student, as a teacher, as a wrestler, as a commentator. Dalton doesn't get the respect he deserves. Exactly. I know I shit on Dalton constantly, but that's because <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. We don't get to talk much anymore. Our relationship has been a little odd ever since the breakup because he's still good friends with her. Understandable. And I love Dalton. Um... And I love her, to be fair, you know, but I don't want it to sound like she's evil or anything. But Dalton and I don't get to talk as much anymore, but he does not get the credit he deserves for as hard as he works. And that's legit. That's not just me as his friend. And Slammer, you guys know Slammer. He yeah. is so positive. He is. And so amazingly friendly, and he wants to get better. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want Slammer, and he's over as hell, too. Oh, yeah. I want Slammer and Dalton into it. So For, those... uh, for a guy Slammer's age coming into wrestling, like, we had him on the Four Sides podcast, and he's an inspiring dude. If, yes. you if you haven't got to check that episode out, go back and check it out. And, you know, I think, how old is Slammer? Like, early 40s? I think so. I want to say. He's not much older than me. So when everyone tells me, like, oh, yeah, train more, you, you should wrestle more, I tell them, like, I'm 38 years old. Nobody starts wrestling at 38. Fair. I'm going to die. But, <laughs> yeah. but see, that's, that's my secret, Cap. I always... I, I want to die. I always yeah. agree whenever people say old people, like, people can't start late. I always bring up DDP. DDP. One guy out of how many, though? Yeah. And plus, I want to point out also, age is relative. To a 38-year-old guy, 50 is old. To 50, 70 is old. To 20, 30 is old. To 10, 20 is old. Yeah. So you're only as old as you really let society beat it into your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Slammer's old, no. by any means. Slammer no. is a young cat to me. And I think Slammer can have a good career. Mm-hmm. And I want to help him with that. So Absolutely. We, so yeah, where is House 100? We're rebuilding. That's all I'll say. So with, it ain't over. So with House 100, uh, one night you got to bring in us like a special guest for, I don't know if it was like a scramble. I can't remember. It was Matthew Justice. Matthew Justice, yeah. How was that? Like, I love Matthew Justice. I've never met Matthew Justice before that night. And they told me, hey, he's going to be a mercenary. And Matt and I talked a little bit before the match. He was super cool. I wish they would have let him down that balcony dive, but Missouri rules, man. The, the coolest thing about Matt and the thing I remember most is as he walks up the ramp. This is also actually where Roger Mathis kind of started to go on the outs with CCW because of all of this storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't get into that again. I got on that majorly on, on Big Lee's podcast. But Matthew comes up the ramp, and I hold his hand up because he's my mercenary. And he goes like, man, I just wish you had like an envelope to give me right now. It may look like you're paying me off. Jason had just given me my pay. So I'm like, I do have an envelope. He's like, are you serious? So, and he's giddy, like a kid. And I hand him the envelope in front of the crowd, and it was just, it was cool. Matt was cool. I hope he comes back. Hey, maybe yeah. maybe if the price is right, maybe Matt Justice can be a part of the Rebuilt House 100. Ooh, I would love that. Dude. Matthew always has an open spot with me as far as I'm concerned. He's a cool dude. Yeah, I love Matt Justice. Shout Same. out to Matt Shout out to Matt Justice. Same thing with Otis, by the way. In case we don't talk about Otis at all again tonight, I just want to mention that Otis has become a dear friend of mine. Him and Jackson both, Mm -hmm. but especially Otis. And he is one of the most underappreciated 
workers out there. Otis yeah. is incredible, but every time him and Jax get in the ring, I think, God damn, they're going to kill each other. Please stop. That was me when, uh, at Super Show, when they did that spiral, I don't even know what you call that. That's like, like a rolling unprettier. Yeah, like the kill, and they just roll. I was like, holy no. shit. I, I, think the, I think the only one other person I've seen do the move like that is Juice Robinson. Mm. Yeah. There's only been two times in CCW where I have legitimately mouth open thought, Jesus, don't do this. The first one was when Justin smashed that glass over Dalton's head. Mandy likes to send me the gif of my face from that all the time. She just did it literally two days ago. And the other is when it was Jackson versus Otis in the dog collar match. And Otis literally pulls Jack. He grabs Jackson oh. off the top rope and flings him over his head. And Jackson lands back first on the apron, Dude, on the, on uh, the, 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 the skirt. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the... I told Jackson backstage, I was like, that is the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. Please don't do that. Because when you did that, I was... I, was, I thought he was dead. And he just hits us like, oh my god. I think I looked at you. And, yeah. Because yeah, like, we, we just looked at each other like, I he's think dead. he's fucking dead. Yeah, he's dead. And, he's dead. And Jackson's just like this. I'm like, hey, hey buddy, you okay? But then it turns out Otis is the one that got hurt because he got smashed head first into the chain, had to run out of the ring because he started pouring blood. Oh, anyway, sorry. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Crazy Crowley's. Stop Yeah. <laughs> So Sanchez Hernandez. Oh, good old Sanchez Hernandez. Very talkative. Who's your favorite referee? Uh, Lane Austin. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And now you caught he. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, I love love Jerry, though. Jerry is one of my favorite people in the world. But uh, I've known Lane forever. Lane is also a dear friend of mine. As much as I love Jerry... He doesn't have the he doesn't have the arm and the 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 the, the muscles of Lane. So Jerry, he's you gotta not, work out more. He's not the Bobfather. Exactly. No, I know he's big down in Tennessee and he's uh, T-I-W-F. But uh, around these parts, Lane Austin is uh is king king shit. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. I think someone mentioned the guy that did the worm. Don't mention that again. We don't talk about that guy. <laughs> okay. We do not talk about that guy. We do not talk no. about that person. Uh, spell a uh, special shout out to Kelly Blankenship, though. Absolutely, miss I Kelly. miss you, Love Kelly. Kelly and I miss him. Uh, also, Jeremy, who does refing. Like, there's yeah, a. I like yeah. Jeremy. All the refs are great. They're all good, except that one. Except that one. Except the one we don't talk about. Exactly. Yes. He who shall not be named. Let's get into some Derek Boxdorfer. Oh, uh, old Derek. Boxy. First one, your favorite CCW moment, which we may have said this already, but go ahead. Uh, oh, actually, which one are you thinking of? I don't know. I'm just saying we've oh, I thought we've, you meant we've talked we, we about, covered we've, we've talked from, about CCW so much tonight. But. From a, a selfish point of view, my favorite CCW moment is either when we formed House 100 and we beat everybody down and spray painted their backs because that was nuclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's I mean, personally, it's when I walked out after turning good guy, and the crowd went crazy for me, and you can hear Noah say, welcome back, Shannon, and I yeah. went like that, and then I got to cut that promo, which is probably my favorite promo I've ever done. Personally, that's my favorite CCW moment, but as a whole, like, what's my favorite CCW moment? Um, oh, God, there have been so many good ones. Honestly, probably Ace Hawkins versus Jackson Crowley. Mm. That was. I think to date that is still probably my favorite CCW Same. match of all time. Like people say, people say Jackson versus Marco. While that was a good match, see, I don't think it had the story behind right. it like Ace and Jackson. Did. Yeah, see on that one because, like, 
Ace and Jackson, you know, they, they went on for a while before right. this meeting at Super Show. Man, they tore the house down. That was a year-long It was. Up. Plus, I, you know, I got to work with Ace a lot during that time period. He's such a good guy. such a funny guy. Uh, we got to cut some great promos with him. Uh, his moment specifically when he, uh, now I forget who dived on who. Was it Jackson? It was Jackson diving on Ace, I believe. Or was it Ace? No, it was Ace diving it on Ace. It was on Ace because it yeah. was that way yeah when ace dived on the jackson into the crowd took the barricade out like oh. that to me that's probably the most iconic ccw moment yeah. to me that one we gotta put that in the chaos intro yeah oh, absolutely where where, where is does, chaos where, where is chaos where, where does is that chaos? stand yeah uh all right so chaos <laughs> chaos <laughs> is like a three-person uh for a long time it was a three-person act it was mandy recorded it mandy and ali recorded it I produced it, Asa did commentary, and usually it was me and Asa, or it was Asa and Allie, or it was Asa and Allie Dalton, whatever. Uh, again, when Allie left, uh, uh, for a while, a big chunk of my um, motivation went with her. And so I just kind of stopped caring. And if I stopped caring, the show basically stopped. Because I'm the one that did all the footage, I'm the one that did the editing. Um, now, I'm very excited that, you know, then COVID hit. Yeah. Right when we got back to it, I made a new intro. Like it was like, oh, okay, chaos is coming back, and then COVID hit, and the entire show shut down. But chaos is coming back. Uh, I think we're gonna start fresh with the with the next couple shows. Mm-hmm. So um, Caleb obviously has done some great. Uh, you've done some great commentary for it. Yeah, sometime on the side note, sometime I need to kind of listen. I'd like to listen to that. Well, my goal is to publish those matches. Probably not as a show, but just individually. Mm. Um, like, like, I looked at the CCW YouTube channel the other day, and it's like, nothing's been posted in like a year. In quite a while, yeah. yeah. Because uh, one thing about me, and I, I hate it about myself, is that uh, I, I suffer I suffer from depression. I know a lot of people do. I'm one of the millions. Hey, I'm with you, dude. I do. Um, I, I do as well. I have I have a very bad depression and anxiety, and when I get demotivated, it wrecks my entire life. So I'm trying to help with that. I'm on medication. You know, you hate to say these things in public, but there should be no shame in it. No shame at all, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where chaos went. Is just COVID slash. I let my personal life get in the way. Um, that won't happen again. So chaos will come back this year. Hey, when COVID hit and everything, um, I actually took a, I think it was a three or four month sabbatical from doing this podcast. So um, I tried. I'm right there with you. I, I tried not to do the podcast because COVID hit literally, literally the week we broke up, COVID really hit its stride and we mm-hmm. went on lockdown quarantine. Yep. So for a month straight... I was stuck in my apartment. Well, it wasn't even an apartment. It was a house. I was stuck in the house that she and I used to share uh, by myself because Lindsay and Bob, who lived with us, both still worked. They were essential. Mm-hmm. I was not. So I sat there for a month watching Unsolved, not Unsolved Mysteries, BuzzFeed Unsolved, to the point that I almost threw up because I didn't know what else to do with my time because I was too immature. I was too immature and too um, self-absorbed to accept her decision to do what was best for her at the time. And so I made it all about me and I whined and cried about it. And it took months, if not a year almost, for me to finally come to terms with people need to be happy. 
Yeah. And they have to do what makes them happy. Exactly. And and I wish I had this clarity and I wish I hadn't been such a dick at the time, but COVID didn't help. And it I, I don't think COVID helped anybody. I hate you, COVID. I thought Kenneth Copeland blew you away. Turns out Kenneth Copeland is a liar. God, I forgot about that. And I blame Derek Boxdoor. <laughs> so on, like, Ghost, you have I Want to Live. What a transition. <laughs> what, a wow. what a transition. What a transition. What about Ghost? How did that show just come along? That's what I want to know. Which, uh, the I Want to Believe show? Yeah. Uh, so more than wrestling, my, my biggest passion in life is the paranormal. Um, ever since my parents passed away, I've been on a quest to prove the existence of the par- of the afterlife. And uh, Tanner is also a big um, ghost hunter, paranormal guy. So he and I just, part of the reason we made the show originally was to do ghost stuff and paranormal stuff. And we just keep it going from there. So that's even more so than wrestling and like uh, the news. The paranormal is like my biggest passion. I just don't talk about it a lot sure. because I'm a skeptic. I'm I'm the Dana Scully of the group between me and Tanner, which really sucks because I want to be Fox Mulder, but I'm too Scully for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's an X Files reference for you kids out there that are too young. I never got into the whole aliens thing except for the the Area 51 meme. That's mm. probably as much as I got into it. I I have had more than one experience growing up with both ghosts and aliens and UFOs that really shaped my perception of it. So I think if you've seen it, you would have a different uh, outlook on it. Because like Asa and Jesse are both non-believers. They don't believe in ghosts. Um, But I've seen... But they want to believe. Well, no, they're not on that show. I don't think they want to believe. They don't give a shit. Uh, (laughs) But I have seen shit that would turn you white. And you're both already pretty white. (laughs) Man, on... Those Area 51 memes were good. Yep. Memes in general were good. Yeah. Yeah. I seen somebody try to revive that meme because they were like, hey, if they can just attack the Capitol. Uh, if they can just attack the Capitol like they did. I was going to make that comment, can, man. Then we can. Area 51, a military 51. base. Oh, let's make that scare. But the Capitol building during electoral votes, nah, you guys can go ahead and trample it. You yeah. don't have enough time for me to talk about the Capitol Hill attack. <sighs> I did two shows on it. Go back and listen to it. It's horse time. It's yeah. horse time. It's. it's Four sides time right now. Yeah, it's back. To, it's also Derek Boxdoor for time again. Jesus Christ! Derek. <laughs> back to wrestling. Uh, your favorite moment in mainstream wrestling, and it can be, it can be any time because I know you don't really like mainstream wrestling right now. I don't. I honestly don't either. My favorite moment in wrestling. Um, God, there are so many of them. Kofi Kingston winning the title finally. Yes. I remember Asa and I were super excited about that. Uh, Brock Lesnar destroying John Cena was a lot of fun. Uh, but I think, honestly, my favorite moment of all time, because I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan, mm-hmm. when Shawn Michaels beat Bret Hart in the Iron Man match at WrestleMania, uh, that was probably my favorite moment of all time, wrestling moment of all time. Um, I didn't realize what a dick bag Shawn Michael was uh, at the time. Good old Shawn Michaels. But all I knew, because I was young, Fair. so all I knew was the characters. And the character of Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario, uh, it was a good story. Mm-hmm. And when he finally beat Brett, it was amazing. So, yeah, Shawn Michaels and Brett, WrestleMania, I forget which one that was. Was that 12? It was 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's probably my favorite moment. So that brings a question to my mind because obviously that was what you grew up watching. And yeah. I grew up watching like John Cena, Batista, Undertaker. See, same like 
my favorite moment in wrestling had to be uh, Eddie Guerrero beating Brock Lesnar in No Way Out 2000, mm-hmm. whatever year that so, was. So with you saying that, my question to you right now is, what was your reaction being a kid to the Montreal screw job? Well, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was a kid. I think I was a teenager at that point. Um, I didn't know there was a long time when Shannon didn't know wrestling was fake or scripted. I'm sorry. So I thought the Montreal screw job was legit, and it may or may not have been at this point. You know, people argue whether or not yeah. that even really happened. Um, that was when I really. That was what opened my eyes, though, to the fact that wrestling was scripted, and that these people were portraying characters, and that. Shawn Michaels was a dick bag, <laughs> and that Vince McMahon was a dick bag. And even though Shawn Michaels has found forgiveness and redemption through his his religious beliefs, which I have no problem with, Vince McMahon is still a dick bag. Yeah. And that whole company and Vince McMahon in general are just scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to watch it. That's my relationship with WWE. Is like when your it's performers really hard to support them right now. Your performers were on Twitch, and then they came out and they're like, "You can't do that." That's like. I'm not. I'm not that. I don't want to be that guy. Who's like, well, I watch AEW because I don't like WWE. The reason I don't like WWE is higher ups. Yeah, I. Is if you treat your performers badly. Yeah. Well. Ex- yeah. Uh, the way they treat them. And that's why I love AEW so much. I think my biggest disconnect with WWE though was uh, they've always done controversial storylines that I never agreed with. Like again, as a news guy, they had you know Rusev come out and talk about the shooting down of the plane by in the Ukraine, God. and that offended me. But I think the big one was when they signed the deal with Saudi Arabia right after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Exactly. Blood money. Yeah. Oh. And that that that, that was, was one of my final straws. With that, that was company. the final straw for me. That was the breaking point. I remember talking with Asa and Dalton about it, and just being like, "I can't do this anymore. I can't support." Like, it's one thing to support these people when they do stupid stories and they exploit people's misery for profit and for because they have bad writing because yeah. they have good writers. But whenever they are now signing blood deals with the the prince of Saudi Arabia, who who had this journalist murdered, just um, because of different beliefs, it, it that was it for me. That was the final straw. And I, I catch clips of WWE occasionally. Like I said, I just watched the Alexa Bliss thing from Monday, and my God, I can't believe that is a thing. Um, but for the most part, I don't watch WWE anymore. I don't watch AEW either, though. But that's mostly because I just don't like AEW. Yeah, I, that's that's how I am. I love Marco. Marco's a friend of mine. Oh, absolutely. Shout um, out to Marco. Shout out to Marco. And some of the people that have been on AEW, like Sandra Golden, I love her. Mm-hmm. I love Joey. Thunder Rosa. I love Thunder Rosa. I love a lot of their talent. I just, I was never a fan of the Elite. Fair. Dalton is a huge fan of them. He loves the Young Bucks. He loves Kenny Omega. I like them, but I'm not a huge fan of them. And I don't know, AEW just never really connected with me. And then it turns out Chris Jericho's a giant douchebag, too. <laughs> He's a Trump-supporting... And that's one thing. It's one thing to support Donald Trump, and I don't agree with that. Like, that that irritates me. He's donated money to Trump. Whatever. What killed me on Jericho was when he did the concert in Sturgis during the height of the COVID epidemic. And not only that, but then he got COVID. A lot of people that went to that rally went back to their home states. And, and they spread COVID around. And what a what a selfish selfish stupid decision that was yeah and i lost so much respect for chris jericho at that point right i like i admire jericho for his wrestling work but mm-hmm. from everything he's done what you just talked about like very douchey it's hard mm-hmm. to support him as a person right i still support him as a wrestler yeah as a wrestler i like his work i had the same problem you know bone thugs and harmony performed at that place surprisingly so i have it's such a you have such a yeah. hard time trying to disconnect the performer from the person right yeah. like Benoit yeah 
See, like the, the reason I watch like I'm a big Darby Allen mark. I love Darby like, Allen. Like, when I I posted a gif of Darby when Kim was like asking who he wanted to bring in, and then it happened, man. I was I don't I don't think I've ever been nervous for a meet. It was that and Adam Hangman Page. Well, they had talked about bringing in Orange Cassidy, and of all the people in wrestling, I don't get Orange Cassidy. I've you seen, have to be. You have to have like a certain liking to understand or like get the gimmick of Orange Cassidy. I guess he's he's still not the worst though. No. Dalton has introduced me to like I love wrestling. I'm an old school wrestling guy. Right? Fair. And when Dalton introduced me to, I swear to God, this happened: an Invisible Man match versus another Invisible Man. Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan of GCW. That and I don't think I've said this yet tonight, but you've said it a couple times, so I'm gonna take the advantage. That is the dumbest fucking thing. I have ever heard and like uh, I look at professional wrestling like it's a sport mm -hmm. and I almost get on Jim Cornette levels when it comes to this stuff and I hate that because I don't like Jim Cornette <laughs> I fucking hate Cornette um, but, well, but a lot of what he says makes sense pretty, he's got a point I, I don't agree with him on shit like he hates Marco and I don't agree with that right yeah um, I think Marco is incredibly talented and just because Marco is smaller doesn't mean that he can't if put in the right storyline be a believable contender look at exactly. CCW like him and Jackson yeah uh, but Stuff like the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stand match, stuff like that actually like drives me insane because I I don't get it. I don't get it. But Ace and I have talked about it. Just because I don't get it doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy it if you enjoy it. That's just not for me. Right. I think it's stupid. A lot of you that are listening think I'm stupid. And in that case, why are you listening? <laughs> because you love Caleb and Noah. I yeah. Yeah. They listen for horse time. It is. God. It's horse shit is what it is. <laughs> So if you thought, what are your thoughts on deathmatch wrestling then? I hate it. Fair. Not because I like it's too real. Like I know Big <laughs> Lee's a fan of deathmatch wrestling. I tried to watch some. I saw one dude get uh, he get he got German suplexed onto like cinder blocks with a ladder around his head, and I remember thinking, well, He's... that's also the dumbest. If I had to choose between <laughs> watching Invisible Man versus Invisible Stand or deathmatch, I'd watch the Invisible Match because at least then I'm not worried someone's actually going to die. See. uh... My first uh, like deathmatch show was Anna Fight, the first show, and man, uh, John Wayne Murdoch versus uh, Graham Bell. Graham Bell, holy shit! Yeah, it's not for me. It like, like I I was like, oh, this is and the first like the first three four matches were just normal normal wrestling. Right. And then Murdoch comes out, and I I like John Wayne Murdoch. And don't and, get and don't get don't get me wrong, Murdoch and Bell are. Not just great deathmatch wrestlers; they're great wrestlers. They're great wrestlers too. themselves. They were t they were telling a story in it, and that's why I love. It. And like, yeah, they were using the Gershon place. They were like, one point, Graham Bell used a hot pepper brought by uh, our good friend Paul Hester. He loves those. Pa he does, he loves man. Loves those hot peppers, man. Don't know, Paul. What is up with you in the heat, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, deathmatch just not. It's not for me. And those guys are super talented. Like, I don't want to take anything away from them. And even the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stand match, the ref. That sold it. And yeah, it was incredible. But both of those just not my cup of tea. My my favorite style of wrestling is when it looks legitimate. When it looks like people are actually fighting and they don't like each other. Or uh, Cena versus Lesnar. A great Brock Lesnar himself. I know everyone hates on Lesnar, and I do too. But like that dude does more for yeah. the legitimacy of professional wrestling mm. than any other wrestler. I think one of my favorite spots talking about that of all time is with Lesnar. It goes for the punch off the stairs and Cena fucking flips out of the ring yeah. and it gets me every time but yeah. like Brock you get, we all, we will all give Brock Lesnar shit Brock is such an underrated storyteller he is he yeah. makes you believe it's real 
Name another. I can't think of any other wrestler that makes you believe that it's real. Because like I love the Undertaker. Well, yeah. I did until again. Turns out he might be a douchebag too. Uh, there it is. But mm. you know, dude's doing zombie setups. He's controlling lightning. Um, Lesnar though, he goes out there and you think he might legitimately kick someone's ass. And I think that is it comes from his uh, UFC days. It does. Yeah, he's he's got a legitimate. Record. You know, but I mean, you can do the same thing with guys like Bobby Lashley. I mean, yeah, he's a legitimate. Matt Riddle. Riddle. Riddle should be way bigger than he is. Oh. Fuck yeah. You know, uh, Riddle is, to me, I, I don't understand what they're doing with him. I don't want to get Here's my thing. is I, I think, you know. I hate wrestling. Thing I, the, the one thing I hate about WWE so much is that NXT, it's a great show. Yeah. Is when you bring somebody up from NXT, you just, you shit on them and you let them go to waste. And then you wonder why, like, guys. That's because like, Triple H is in charge of NXT. It's like the Good Brothers are like, when they came out and they, they didn't talk much shit. But they're like, oh, we got there. And we just got put on it, and then we just sit there. We the, sat. Good, the Good Brothers were just like guys for AJ to tag along. Yeah, yeah. let's face um, it. I saw. Uh, go back to what I saw on Monday. It was a segment where Alexa Bliss was fighting Asuka, and Asuka, who they portrayed as the ass-kicking Japanese murder machine, she's not afraid of anything. She's nuts. But then Alexa Bliss gets in the corner. The lights go out. They play the little thingy music. And she comes back, she's doing the Bray Wyatt pose, she's got a different outfit on, and now Asuka is scared shitless. Yeah. And she goes for kicks and punches, and Alexa blocks them like they don't even hurt. And It's, it's like a, ultra instinct. Like Asuka, is, like, Asuka is almost twice the size of Alexa. Exactly. Boy. And Asuka is another one of those wrestlers that when she goes out there and fights, you believe she's, she's like Rhea Ripley, she's like... Uh, Shayna Baszler, you think that she could really kick someone's ass. Yeah. So when now you, and I love Alexa Bliss, but when you've got Bliss knocking her punches and kicks away like they don't affect her, I hate that. I yeah. can't explain how much I hate that. I loved the Fiend character, like storyline wise. With Seth Rollins but, and oh my God, the Fiend. With uh. Seth and the Fiend, it worked because, like, Fiend was larger than Seth. Yeah. But, like, in this case, it just doesn't work. It didn't work. work. I, didn't, I, just, I didn't like that segment either. No. I don't. I don't care for that particular brand of entertainment. I mean, but again, like, different strokes for different folks. I hate that term. Just going with the questions. I, I, I will say one more thing about the whole uh, Orange Cassidy thing. Um, like I like it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. I'm kind of transitioning into. I like. I appreciate the wrestling. Wrestling more, but. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say it like Teddy Hart said it, and I know Teddy Hart's not the most likable guy, but no, for no. Or, for Orange Cassidy to get that over and have people like it, Orange Cassidy's a fucking genius. Yeah, he's a fucking genius. He you is know? a genius because he basically turned putting your pants in your hands in your pocket and doing a bare minimum into an art. Exactly. But it's the fact that, like, people... I don't get why people like it. Like, wrestling fans who are so fucking particular about... Wrestling, like they're so hardcore and they're so judgmental. Wrestling fans, so many wrestling fans are garbage that they will adopt Orange Cassidy. It almost feels like they're almost making not making fun of him, but I don't understand why they like it so much. Is it because it's ironic? Like, are they liking it? Do they genuinely like this? You're these same wrestling fans who like to watch these Japanese you know, five-star classics, and they they love these guys. But then you have a guy like Orange Cassidy who does slow-motion wrestling, mm -hmm. who, you know, and then they eat that shit up, and it's like, I don't understand. Pick a side. Do you like wrestling for the art form, or do you like it for whatever the fuck Orange Cassidy does? See, like, that's, that's one thing I don't like about wrestling is the fans. Yeah. Is that... Uh, we could spend a whole episode toss talking about wrestling fans, man. I think I've seen I some. Have. I think I've seen. <laughs> I think I've seen something in my Facebook memories 
it was today or yesterday, um, something I posted last year, it was denied the Royal Rumble, and people were complaining about Charlotte winning the Royal Rumble instead of Shayna Baszler, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, last year you guys were saying that Shayna's boring. Exactly. Right. And now, yeah. and now Make you're, your mind you're up. suddenly big on Shayna Baszler. Baszler. And like I, when I say that wrestling fans are the worst, I mean I get I get generally annoyed with a lot of wrestling fans, but it's it's the wrestling fans that are legitimate like keyboard warrior bullies, the ones that the same kind of people that bully wrestlers into committing suicide, the same ones mm -hmm. that are so judgmental and so like di like you think you owe them something. Yeah, I can't stand them. It's even with Roman Reigns, like people were big on Roman Reigns and then. Oh wait, he's the Rock's cousin. He's gonna win the Royal Rumble. Rumble. Let's boo the shit out of him. And let's, took, let's turn on him. It took years it for him to finally get the respect mm -hmm. that he deserved. And he's doing fucking great now. Yeah. See, uh, the thing that uh, really pissed me off last year is that we lost a lot of good wrestlers. We did. Uh, when uh, Danny Havoc passed away. Yeah. You know, Danny Havoc's big hardcore deathmatch. And they were shitting on him. And then when Hannah passed away, they like the reason that she passed away was because of shitty people. Yeah. And when shitty people kept talking shit, I'm just like, that's what the and like even people were shitting on Brody Lee. Yeah, up until he died. Yeah. And then like Cornette, you know, Cornette shit all over that uh, stuff until he died. And then he was suddenly respectful, which I get. Um, it's hard. You have a right to an opinion. Yeah. But you don't have a right to bully people. Exactly. Right? Um, I've dealt with these kind of people before. And there was a time period, you know, we talked about that that incident with CCW. Slowly backs up. <laughs> I I wanted to I quit CCW during that time period because I didn't want to deal with it. Like I didn't I knew the kind of fans that wrestling fans could be, and yeah. I didn't want to deal with it. Jason and Brandon actually came to work and spent hours talking me into staying because I was done. I didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Um, because yeah, people can be shitty. Yeah. And like I hate those people. You I actually hate. You guys, I like. Anyway. Yeah, I'm glad that I've grown over the years. As long as you can look back at the dumb thing, because I have got, even as have, uh, a couple weeks ago, I've done some stupid, shitty things, but as long as you recognize what you've done and try to better yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a hard time in the past year, you know, with the breakup and all that. But the shitty thing is, the breakup was my fault. It was my actions and my... Uh, my personality disorder it was my attitude that cost me all these things that i care about both last year and this year so the hardest thing is to face yourself and go you are the problem exactly and to better yourself so for all you wrestling fans out there who are shitty just get better <laughs> <laughs> i did it you can do it yeah i did it you can do it hey he's You're still <laughs> noah's still working on it yeah yeah noah's yeah. still yeah. work in progress yeah. you'll get there Derek Boxdorfer, we're sorry. We got off topic. Uh, but uh, his last question. Big Lee, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, the episode I was on with him, the <laughs> longest episode you've ever done. It was two episodes. Something about when Shannon gets on a show, he just talks. <laughs> I apologize. Don't apologize. We, we love it. Thank yeah. You. We love it. What's his last question? His oh, last, I love boxing. His last question. A dream match between any CCW star and a mainstream star. Oh, God. That is a hard one. Got mine. We could talk another hour and a half about this. I was going to say, I've got mine. Know. I've got mine instantly. And Jack Scarley versus Darby Allen. That would be an incredible match. Um, Great storyline. Uh, Otis Crowley versus. I'm trying to think of a. I don't know many like hard hitting wrestlers. Otis Crowley versus anybody. Um, Hollis Giroux versus Seth Rollins. Like, 
Yeah, I can't do this, Derek. I'm sorry. I'm a list down. <laughs> there are too many. CCW and just indie wrestling in general, there's so many amazing performers yeah. that I would love to see them wrestle anybody. Um, thanks to AEW, you kind of get that occasionally. You know, yeah. we've seen uh, Cassandra Golden wrestle. We've seen Joey O'Reilly, War Horse. I mean, they, they're so good at giving people opportunities. I mean, the, Marco Stunt, yeah. legitimate star. You know, and he started in... He didn't start starting CCW, but he was kind of our homegrown talent. Exactly. And now he's a big star in AEW. So, yeah, no, I can't. I'm sorry, Derek. I let you down. Godzilla versus Kong. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> big, it's horse time. It big is monkey horse time. versus Clifford the Lizard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could go on all day. Uh, I think the one I'm going to go with, uh, Hollis Jarreau versus Nick Aldis for the NWA title. That'd I feel, be a great match. I feel like those two guys are just old school classic wrestlers. Or old school classic wrestling styles that would clash together well. Put all my money on Hollis because I just don't like Nick Aldis. Yeah, and then like Noah said, Jackson Crowley versus Darby <laughs> Allen is one I've if, had in mind forever. If he could still go, I would have loved to have seen Brandon Barbwire versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. God, yeah, because they have a similar like Brandon is one of those guys that because Brandon's also a good friend of mine, and Brandon is so soft spoken. But when he turns it on, he gets scary. And I've told he, him that. I'm yes. like, dude, you can go up 1 to 11 just like that. Yeah. Um, and Austin was very similar. He was also kind of soft-spoken. But when he got serious, everybody paid attention. So Brandon versus Austin would have been my all-time, one of my all-time uh, big matches, I think I would have liked to see. Yep. I know you're not. I know you're not big into deathmatch wrestling, but Brandon Barbwire versus Nick Gage. Oh fuck yeah, that'd be great. So Nick Gage, funny story about Nick Gage. You know he was at one of the CCW shows, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I had to go get my blood work done. I had to go get my blood work done the day of the show because of reasons. Procrastination. <laughs> so uh, uh, we all love procrastination. We go to the to the to the blood bank, the hospital, the doctors, and uh, Maria gave me the ride. She went to Walmart to buy handcuffs, not for anything fun for us, but because <laughs> she uh, they were going to handcuff Dalton that night. So we we were going to go uh-huh. buy handcuffs. So she left me there at the uh, the place, and I'm sitting there. And who wanders in but Nick Gage. And so I'm sitting with Nick Gage, and everyone kept warning me, like, yeah, watch what you say around Nick Gage. Yeah. Nicest dude in the world. He really is. Yeah, he Nick is. Gage was just a class act all over the place. So, like, I got nothing but good things to say about Nick Gage. Yeah, shout out to Nick Gage. Every time I'm – I've gotten to the point with him where every time if I'm wearing my GCW shirt, like, he'll come up to me, act like he pretty much knows me because – uh, he didn't do that in the fight, but he was a little... That was one of the most interesting meet and greets I've ever had in my entire life let's was just say, Nick Gage. Let's just say he was a little buzzed. He enjoyed a little bit of the bubbly. Well, I mean, New Jack was there, right? Well, yeah. not the bubbly. Well, not the bubbly, uh, the, but... The spinachy. <laughs> the Satan spinach. I, Jason had joked forever about bringing New Jack into CCW, and I said, absolutely not. I no, will not, I will no. not work with the man. I find him entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, car car crash compilations are entertaining. I think New Jack is just a blight on humanity. Uh, I would never, I would never want to be in the same room as that man. Yeah. I think he's a disgusting person. Yeah, I think Big Lee has spoken about this publicly enough times to where I could say I wouldn't recommend that you guys bring in nah. New Jack. No, and maybe New Jack's changed to the point that like he's not the asshole that he used to be. But I mean, this is a dude that is like legitimately cut people with knives in the wrestling ring. I don't yep. want him anywhere near CCW. Right. I don't even think he would. I don't even think he'd be able to get a Missouri license. Probably wow. not. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Missouri's a lot stricter. Yeah, they are. Yeah, right. I was sure. 
I was actually concerned about Nick Gage being able to get a Missouri. That's license, what I was. But he did, so. <laughs> I can tell you stories about stuff like that, but not on the air. Not the <laughs> I, I have a story that I cannot tell because of legal reasons, so I might tell you off the air. Maybe off the air. Horse off, time. Horse off time. The off the record. Off the record horse yeah. time. So, Shannon, we off got this. Uh, CCW's been on a little bit of a break because yeah. of COVID mainly. Um, Fucking but COVID. We're, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be coming back. Yeah. March twentieth. Chaos in Charleston four. Three. Three. Four. Three. three, three, three two. Uh, one. Five. <laughs> Seventeen. True story. I didn't know which one it was, so I just called it Chaos in Charleston. I didn't add. Why are we still putting numbers about? That's we've, been, we've been around for five years. It's time to stop using those. Yeah. Yeah. Super Show 17. (laughs) Fast and the Furious 11. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, March 20th, we're going to be back in Charleston. Uh, Very excited. The Charleston shows were always fun. That's where I met Rhino. Yeah, shout out to Rhino. He was cool. Yeah. I doubt Rhino's listening to this, but... (laughs) You never know. Sometimes I get weird messages from people you don't expect saying, hey, I heard you talking about this stuff the other day, and I think like... Why? Don't you have something better to do, Derek, Derek Boxdorf? Oh, God. <laughs> so you got, you're going to be in the corner of Aaron Roberts and Joey O'Reilly that night. And you're going to be taking, well, they're going to be taking on, accompanied by Jeff Odell, Walker Hayes, and Ken Dang. And one of the questions I've got for myself, does Ken have a brother named God? God dang it, Ken. God dang Doc. God dang it. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for Ken Dang. I went back and watched the promo that I cut during his debut. And for me to call him Guy and the crowd attached to it so quickly, I'm never doing that again. Because the last <laughs> thing I want to do is get him where they just call him Guy or they make fun uh, of him yeah. for that. Because like sometimes the things that catch on in wrestling are awful. Is like, that is that like why what? Is that why we've taken all this time off? I'm not familiar with Ken. He seemed cool backstage. Uh, Walker, though, is quickly becoming one of my favorites. I would like to say he's... If Love not, Walker. If not friend, he's close to friend. We've really bonded on Doom. Uh, he's a big Doom fan. I'm a big Doom fan. He's, you know, we, we've talked at the shows. I think Walker's a cool guy, and I think he's got a big future. I haven't seen enough of Ken, no, for sure, but if Jason has faith in him, I have faith in him, because Jason is what we call a tastemaker. Um, I'm excited about this match. I think it's great. I'm so excited to work with Joey O'Reilly, because Joey and I have known each other for a long time. AEW star Joey O'Reilly. I still remember the first time I really met Joey, and he probably doesn't remember this, but I went to a stride show. I think it was the stride show with... Uh, Ricky, Steam, Ricky Steamboat. So this was when he was kind of still babyface yeah, showing. Yeah, So I go to the bathroom. I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick, guys. So I said bye to Dalton and Asa. I go to the restroom. Joey walks in, and I look at him, and he looks at me, and then he says some comment. I don't remember what it was, but then I tried to make a joke that completely fell flat, <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll never speak to him again. And lo and behold, <laughs> years later, Joey and I are, are semi-acquaintances. And I get to manage him. Very excited about that. It's a good card, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Only bad thing is Slammer won't be there. He already had previous engagements. Slammer, yeah. we're not mad at you, for the record. Yeah, he'll be a new breed wrestling. I think he was supposed to go there around March before COVID hit, yeah. so I'm glad he's <laughs> getting to do that. I'm glad he's spreading his wings a little bit. Um, yeah. I saw... I, I, don't, I wasn't there live for it, but the match where 
he teamed up. Well, no, I think I was there actually. Yeah, I was there because I remember being backstage when it happened. It was in Arkansas. It was Slammer and Dalton versus Austin and um, Mike Anthony. Mike Anthony, yes. And Anthony dropped him with a brain buster that I thought killed him. Anthony's a stiff motherfucker. Yes, Dalton told me about how he kept punching him in the face by accident, and every time he goes, sorry, sorry, my bad. Something about about your face that makes me punch you a lot. I'm like, I get that. Sorry. Dalton has a very punchable face. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, March 20th, I'm excited. CCW's back. Everybody can leave me alone now. Yep. (laughs) Hey, when's CCW coming back? Hey, Shannon, when's CCW coming back? March 20th. When do tickets go on sale, Shannon? Uh, we're shooting for this Friday. Oh, really? Actually, but it may be delayed until next Friday. Mm. We're still going to have about a month ahead of time to get tickets, though. But, yeah, it's either going to be this Friday or next Friday once we get the details worked out. So stay tuned to our Facebook page, Cape Championship Wrestling. Hear that, Michael Goodman? Stay tuned. How much will Front Row run? Do you know G-crew. yet? Uh, I think it's 15. Okay. Just... I need to verify, but I think it's 15. Okay. 15 buckaroos sounds this, about right. This is a school show, so we do not get to set the prices on this. Yeah. Um, if no, I don't want to be too. I don't want to be too uh, honest. too harsh. Yeah, let's <laughs> maybe off the air. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be too honest. So I have a feeling I know already. So. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So I, yeah, Arkansas. I I went down there a couple times. I remember you few did, times. Uh, did some ring announcing down did, there. Did a little bit of ring announcing. Yeah. Heard you did well. Well, I wanna, the, the first couple times I think I did. I want to go back there at some point. Work with Austin again because Austin. You don't make many real friends in wrestling, right? Because most of the time, everybody is just looking to get ahead of them, to get ahead. Mm-hmm. So whenever they talk to you, it's because they want something. In my experience, most of the most anytime a wrestler messages me and says, "Hey, how you been?" I know what's going to be followed up with a "Can you or would you?" So a lot of the times, I'll just skip to the point. When they message me, I'll just say, "What do you need?" You know, I'm not trying to be rude, but like, "What do you need?" I don't have time. Just yep. tell me what you want. Uh, but Austin is one of those people that I'm genuinely friends with. He and I text each other constantly. Um, I would love to go work with Austin again. I miss him. He's one of my good friends. So, you know, if you're going to be friends with someone, be friends with Legends. Yeah. Yep. Shout out shout out to Austin Lane. He's. I don't know if he's listening at this yeah. point. It's been so long. Yeah. Get, it's a long Get show. back up here, Austin. We miss you. Hey. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yep. Never say never. He's going to be doing Memphis wrestling. Memphis. Yeah, they got the Memphis Wrestling coming back uh, February 14th, I think. I think that that show sold out, though. Uh, So, March, they're doing tapings in Memphis, apparently. And he's on, because I'm like, is Austin retired? Because I haven't seen him do anything in forever. Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. I've only been to Memphis twice. Once for a Pokemon event with Lindsay, and once for, uh, we went down there to eat at a rib restaurant. I can't remember what it was called. We had to walk the back streets of Memphis at was it Was it Jerry Lawler's rib place? No, this was a place that was on Man vs. Food, and yeah. everybody wanted to try it. It was terrifying to get there, but good <laughs> ribs. Yeah. Good ribs. I appreciate a good rib. Yeah. Speaking of good ribs, Dalton Anthony. That's, I, that, I like that's, that. all, that's all I'll say. Like <laughs> Love you, Dalton. I can't say anything else about Dalton. I already put him over huge earlier. It's more than he would do for me, so. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Uh, maybe, wait, you say fuck that guy? Yeah, fuck that guy. Why are you being so sensitive, man? Dalton is, because uh, he's one of my best friends, so <laughs> you can be sensitive about stuff like that. Yeah. Dalton, uh, again, though, works very hard. We all worked very yeah. hard at CCW. Yeah. Everybody that everybody that works at CCW from top to the bottom work extremely hard. Even people that I don't get along with or I have disagreements with, they all work very, very hard. So yeah, I have nothing but respect for those guys. Oh, yeah. 
all all these disagreements, we could just go talk to our recruiters at the end of the day. It'll be it'd be all fine. Not always. I had to get I had to get that one in there. I had to get that one in there. I was waiting for that. Yeah. So Shannon, we're at about an hour and forty minutes. Ooh. This is is it really? Yeah. yeah this it is, feels like so is, much longer. This is, this is one of the more lengthy episodes we've done. But hey, man, we we loved having you on here, man. We we always love just. Shooting, shooting the shit with you, man. Exactly. I was originally thinking about doing pro wrestling and scripted tonight. Since Ace is coming back, I thought maybe I'll be on this first show back on PW. But then I remember we were doing this, and I thought oh, I'm not going to cancel again. So here I am. I'm with you guys. Ace has got that covered. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Him and Dalton can do the job. They're both very good yeah. at what they do. Any final words for us today? Uh hmm. Something poignant, or just uh, you want the funny? What do you want? So what have you got? Uh, I think that... Hmm, where do I want to take this? First off, I'll say that I'm very proud of you guys. Well, thanks. Thank I remember when I met Caleb, uh, specifically at a show when we were all still fans, and he came up and he said, we're going to... I forget what you said. You were going to... Okay, okay, let me tell this story. So, <laughs> so this was before... This was before I knew like the crowd psychology this was my second ever indie wrestling show so like i had attended ring of honor and wwe before but this was like my first personal for this was like me getting my feet wet with personal experiences with the wrestlers right so i go up to i think it's you it was the whole group it's the whole crew yeah the whole podzilla gang and i didn't like at the time being a newer fan i didn't realize why this was the wrong thing to do or why (laughs) why it was disrespectful to the competitors in the ring but i go up to dalton and shannon like i'm the coolest motherfucker in the room i'm like hey guys you know what we should chant during the billy hills match we should chant CM Punk! CM oh Punk! My God. CM Punk! Because I thought I was so edgy back then. <laughs> we shot that idea down so quickly. Like, nah, we're not going to do that. And it was at that point I thought, well, that guy's never going to be on my good side. And he, years later, we were Five right. years later! Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I'm really happy that you're doing this. I'm happy that you're sticking with it. Uh, I, I appreciate anyone that does this you know it's not easy people think there's this misconception that anyone can do a podcast and i've seen a a hundred podcasts since i started a hundred podcasts start up and they go okay well i've got an opinion i've got a microphone i can do this it's not that easy the moment you get a microphone in front of you so many people freeze up or they're boring or they just don't have a story to tell so the fact that you stuck with it when i've seen so many others die i'm very proud of you And and i hope you guys know that um if I had any small part in inspiring you to do this, oh, of, of course he did. I of would, course, he did. I would take that as a major compliment. Um, I hope everyone comes out to see us March twentieth at, at uh, whatever we call this show, Chaos in Charleston, three point five. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm happy CCW's back. Uh, but more importantly, I would say that right now is a very, very volatile time in everybody's lives. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. The past couple of years have been very uneasy. The past four years specifically, for reasons I don't have to state, have put a lot of people on edge. The country is divisive. Um, I, I would say more importantly than anything, what I've learned in the past year especially, is that 
you should always go for it never hesitate if you love somebody make sure you tell them that every day and just be good to each other it's so generic but jesus christ it's so true mm -hmm. the world lacks empathy at this point and we need to bring that back and if you find that through wrestling or the podcast or whatever more power to you just don't be a dick bag like chris jericho and otherwise it's horse time that's it that's all i got i talk so much for a goddamn living that you're lucky you got two hours out of me <laughs> hey i think i think this is actually trying to beat that trying to beat that record for longest four sides episode who has that record? i think currently big lee has the record he also likes to talk a lot Dude drags everything out. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a really close one between you guys. So um. Big Lee and I also didn't always get along. There was a time period where he and I weren't speaking, and everybody was like, "Oh, they'll never work together." But I'm a pretty laid back guy. I try to forgive and forget. There are some things that I'm a little harsher on, but for the most part, I'm a forgive and forget person. Uh, and I consider Lee to be a good friend. So yeah, I love his podcast. I love just love all you guys. You guys are great. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Never, never stop giving up surrender today, tomorrow. Yep, we still gotta do. Uh, we still gotta do that episode eventually, where it's me, you, and Lee. Maybe, maybe Noah too. We bring yeah. in the uh, the have the, the have the super pod. The, the super. Yeah, yeah, that would be basically be like the elite. It'd be the yeah. elite of podcasting. Yep, in yeah. Cape Girardeau. Okay, well, hey, Podzilla's global. I, I just realized recently, I just got the notifications, we have fans now in Ireland, the yeah, motherland. Oh, wow. Yeah. Happy about that. To all our, our Irish listeners, thank you. Yeah, we're kind of working on expanding a little mm -hmm. bit ourselves. We got Zero uh, One USA this weekend. You've done a really good job about covering these events and getting these guests on. Um, again, I'm really proud of you. I think you guys are killing it. Don't stop. Thanks, man. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, so if you would like them to, where can people find you at on social media? Oh, I'm glad you asked. If you're looking for me on social media, stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I'm a very private person outside of performing. I really am. It shocks people how much, how private I am. So you were at the store earlier and, uh, you know, Riley was there. Riley's a friend of mine. And he said, I've never seen you outside of the store more than once. Yeah, I don't do that. I stick to myself. If you want to catch up with me on social media, I do have an Instagram that I post to fairly frequently. It's a PZ85 Mr. 100, so that's PZ85MR100. Um, I have a Facebook page, good luck finding it, but you can catch me on there. Uh, more importantly, you can catch us at podzilla1985.com. That is for the podcast. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you want to listen to. That is where you can interact with the most, or you can also email us at literally anything at podzilla1985.com and it'll go through to me. Also check out uh, Five Star Man Gaming over on Twitch. That's Ace's channel. Yep. He's incredible. Uh, we have so much incredible talent in this area. So yeah, if you're looking for me, that's where you can find me for the most part. And uh, we do a lot of live streams now. You can always catch me in there. And we just broke the new record for longest hey. episode. There we I, go. I was stalling. I was stalling. Honestly. Hey, you got a lot of plugs, man. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Big Lee. We built up a big empire with this, so a lot of people thank them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Noah, where can people find you at? Uh, if you want them to find you, my Twitter handle is Noah Hudson Eight. Uh, shit post, dank memes. That's about it. All right, fair enough. <laughs> shit post, dank memes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That was, uh, that's what. 
You know what? It's horse time. It's it horse is horse time. time. Yeah. All right. You can find Four Sides on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Four Sides IV. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or your select podcast platform. Um, Shannon, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. Can't wait for CCW to come back. Soon. Soon. Sooner so. than you think, and then we're never leaving again. Until covid the, the until until hits. the reaper COVID, called COVID, COVID comes back 20. for us. Yeah, COVID. Uh, COVID remastered. Uh, the original. This is the sequel. And the sequel is always tougher. Yep. And then there's the third one. That one's always the bad one. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna leave Shannon alone. Let him have. It's some pizza of, time. Let him have some of his uh, John Moxley privacy. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I kind of am John Moxley like, except I talk. Hey man, nothing wrong with that. Put a microphone in front of me and I go. But if you catch me. Like in my personal time, I'm so quiet. I'm so different from this person that's on the air right now. Yeah, I think we're gonna go get some Sonic. Yeah, you need a cherry Shout lemonade. Shout out to Sonic. Shout out hey, to Sonic. Preach it enough, maybe they'll give you a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. Free food. Yeah. I got so much free pizza. I get so much free pizza from Little Caesars. It's ridiculous. Hey, as long as it's not Papa John's, right? Yeah. I like Papa John's. Oh, uh, right. Oh, <laughs> that's a story for another day. That's a deep cut. All right, guys, we're gonna. Next couple episodes are probably going to be uh, Gary J and yeah. our Queen Rain Victoria. The queen! And eventually we will cover the CCW show and all that because yep. we still haven't talked about the last show. So um, yeah. until the next episode, thanks for joining us and sticking with us this long if you have. And we will see you next time. Peace!